It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. episode of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in 2020. It's the 3rd of January, but we're still celebrating. <laughs> Ryan Epley, Rick Marone, Joe Limbo with you. Happy to have you along for the fastest three hours in radio. We will have all the updates of scores from across the state of West Virginia. Something of interesting note, only one West Virginia team playing outside of West Virginia borders tonight. Wow. Unlike last week. Well, and, and that doesn't happen very often. Of course, as is the case in most places in West Virginia, the population centers are right around rivers, so that <laughs> yeah, happens. But uh, yeah, big show tonight, a lot of big games to talk about over the course of the past week and a lot of games tonight. Uh, there were some really big girls' basketball games that were played uh, as well, so there have been a lot of... Uh, a lot of interesting games tonight. Had a couple of undefeateds do battle. We'll have a couple of undefeateds do battle tomorrow night in, in girls basketball. And boys basketball, we had the first edition of the Mohawk Bowl basketball version between Morgantown and University tonight. Big game there for the reigning state champions, University against their crosstown rival Morgantown, both off to a fantastic start. Reigning double-A champion Chapmanville playing a very difficult back-to-back in boys basketball. They got it done last night. Trying to get it done again tonight against a state tournament caliber opponent. Coach Marone, it's hey. the most wonderful time of the year. It's a wonderful time of year, and it's good to be back. You mentioned all the uh, the West Virginia teams returning back home. Uh, I was part of that migration back to West Virginia. Uh, but as you mentioned, a lot of those holiday tournaments where people were traveling, now those teams are kind of taking that experience coming back uh, to take on some rivalry foes. Still some good tournament action. We'll be sharing that with folks as we get into the scoreboard a little bit later. But in-state tournament action, and there is some top-quality state-level, uh, national-level teams coming to West Virginia to play this weekend in several big tournaments. Joe, all the way from uh, the Wheeling area, all the way down to Logan tomorrow. And it uh, uh, should be a great weekend and a lot of great games tonight. Absolutely. Uh, a New River Community Technical College tournament going on over in the Beckley area. A uh, big draw for where it started yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Uh, the Logan Wildcats are having a girls' tournament down on the island this weekend. Started uh, earlier this evening. so uh, And then it rolls right into the uh, Hatfield-McCoy uh, shootout next weekend. Wherever it is. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll find out. We, yeah, we will get to, the, we'll get to the bottom of it. That's right. We will do that all on this evening's episode. But we know that your main reason for being here is to find out how all the teams in West Virginia have fared Tonight, so let's get a first check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Coach Barone, uh, we'll just turn it loose for you and welcome back and give us a boys scoreboard. <laughs> and put me in charge of the heavy lifting exactly. early, right? That's how All we right, do. let's take a look at the boys scores. Looking for scores, look no more. Basketballnight.com, your one-stop shopping for high school basketball scores on the boys side tonight. Ryan mentioned the Chapmanville Tigers. They knock off Wheeling Park tonight, 61 to 48. Liberty Raleigh, 59. James Monroe, 44. Uh, Princeton gets a 92-59 to win over Nicholas County. And Independence with a nice win tonight 
if I can hold my spot there, 74 to 47 over Pocahontas County, Webster County. Uh, Ryan the Highlanders kind of, uh, I don't say coming back down to earth. They took a, a pretty good beating yesterday. Uh, they're playing in that event down in Beckley that Joe mentioned about. Oak Hill gets them tonight, but 61 52. The Highlanders suffer their second loss. Their win streak uh, ended yesterday. They get dropped another one tonight. East Hardy drops one to Moorefield. The Yellow Jackets 53 45 winners. Uh, this is a halftime score. Charleston Catholic, a little surprising, leading St. Joe uh, 30 to 22. We'll keep you updated on that one as it comes down the stretch in that one. East Fairmont leads Fairmont Senior. One of those battles. Uh, Kind of city, inner city battles, 37-35. They lead at the end of three. Montcalm falls tonight to Greenbar West. The Cavaliers get a 75-43 win. Lincoln County, 34-22 over Scott at the half. You mentioned the Mohawk Bowl, the basketball version. University gets the better of it, but 49-46, a three-point win for the Hawks. Polka, 77. Winfield, 52. Another big rivalry game. Parkersburg Catholic knocks off Ravenswood. The Red Devils fall 65 to 46. Parkersburg South loses to South Charleston, 67-64 for the Black Eagles. And Cabell Midland, a big rivalry. A lot of rivalry games tonight, Ryan. Cabell Midland knocks off Spring Valley, 79-56 to tonight. Notre Dame, 67-52 winner over the Trinity Christian Warriors. And Tug Valley leading Tulsa, 69-56. That game late in the fourth quarter. We'll get an update on that. That's look at the boys' scores. Joe, take the girls' scores. And on the girls' side, Wyoming East, the Lady Warriors knock off West side and the uh, New River Community Technical College Invitational. We'll have more on that game as the evening goes on. And, and a final and a low scoring affair it was Charleston Catholic, the Lady Irish, Irish knocking off Buffalo 29-26. This one a final. Herbert Hoover knocks off Liberty Raleigh. The Lady Raiders go down 80-21. to Doddridge County falls to Gilmer County tonight as the Lady Titans pick up the win 69-49. This score at the end of the third quarter, it is Lewis County leading Nicholas County, 36-27 after three. Parkersburg Catholic, big winners over Williamstown, 70-37. It's the Lady Generals of Winfield falling to Cabell Midland, 72-61. This score at the end of three, George Washington, the Lady Patriots, lead Greenbrier East, 49-45. We'll have that final in just a little later in the show. Bridgeport, the Lady Indians, uh, fell today to the Lincoln Cougars, 55-44. And that's a look at your basketball night, basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. And one of the, you know, it's a little bit of a tough day for Winfield. Boys and girls both lose, both, though, playing great teams. Taylor Kennedy, student broadcaster of the Winfield Radio Network, he had to call that girls game between uh, undefeated Winfield, undefeated Cavill Midland. Taylor, the Knights come out with the win tonight, but when you get undefeateds together in January, you expect a good game, and you had one tonight. Well, on paper, it was it was a game that a lot of people would want to buy a ticket to. Two prolific offenses with a bunch of weapons on both sides of the floor. Winfield had a lot of offensive help tonight, but they fell short and lost by 11. They were led by senior forward Emily Hudson, she had 13 points, along with having 10 rebounds as well. Her and her twin sister, Lauren Hudson, she had a double-double as well with 11 and 13 for Winfield. Winfield also had two other players score 11 points, seniors ZZ Russell and Mara McGrew. But the main story from tonight's game, guys, is Midland was just too good offensively, and Winfield had a hard time with Midland's full-court press. 
Midland was led by the Ali sisters, Riley and um, Jada Ali. They combined for 30 points. And, you know, it, it goes back to what I've said before, and I've told this to numerous people, but if you can win a basketball game and you have a bunch of players that are committed to what your game plan is, then you will win. And I, you definitely saw that from what Midland did tonight. Riley Ali did a tremendous job with seeing the floor and getting her uh, fellow teammates involved. She's a very, very good passer. A lot of times that I, I would actually be behind on the call because she was, she's just too flashy. And she not like in a bad way, but she's, she's a very good passer and very quick and very good point guard for the Lady Knights. Uh, Autumn Lewis also had 15 points. She was the most outstanding player in the Carolina Invitational last week. Uh, in South Carolina for Midland. And also, Jasmine Wheeler had 10 points alongside those three players for the Lady Knights. But the main, like I said, the main thing that's the main, that was a big issue for Winfield was Winfield committed 19 turnovers. But coming into tonight's game, they only averaged 13 turnovers a game. So Midland's full-court pressure and a lot of their uh, on-ball pressure was very disruptive and what uh, Winfield tried to do offensively, which led to those 19 turnovers for Midland. But the one stat that really is really getting my eye is that Winfield out-rebounded Midland by 12, 37 to 25. They were very active on the offensive glass. They had 13 offensive rebounds. And yet again, Coach Spang does a tremendous job with her team, making sure that they win the rebounding battle. And they did, they did just that today. But yet again, they fall short by 11, 72 to 61 against the Cabell Midland Lady Knights. Big rivalry game coming up for Winfield. Um, the Generals play again on Monday at home against Hurricane, cross-county rival, also the former head coach of the Winfield girls basketball team. Uh, coach Lucas now with the uh, Winfield or with the Hurricane girls. So that'll be interesting to, to see that matchup on Monday as well. Absolutely. They, they met in the season opener. Winfield won that game handily. I believe they won by uh, 15 or more points, but it, that was the first game of the year, and Winfield has already played seven games. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of room for improvement offensively and defensively. But it'll definitely be a good game at Winfield uh, High School next Tuesday as Hurricane comes to Winfield this time. Excuse me, next Monday as they play on the sixth. And it will be interesting to see how this Winfield team can rebound after suffering their first loss. Granted, this Midland team was a very good team and a very good test for this uh, experienced. Winfield team. I do think that Hurricane will do a little, a couple things differently, um, but I do, I do see a better game this time around than what happened than we saw in the season over opener between Winfield and Hurricane. Taylor Kennedy, student broadcaster from the Winfield Radio Network, he had the call tonight of the Lady Generals' loss to Cabell Midland. Taylor, thanks so much for calling. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. I do appreciate you guys' time. All right, absolutely. That's Taylor Kennedy and. We continue to be amazed by student broadcasters who call in and sound better than many of the professional broadcasters. <laughs> exactly. I was listening to a game, and I'm not going to mention who it was, but I was listening to a game the other night, and I just shook my head. Because you know, this, this Taylor, man, I'm sure he can do much better calling play-by-play and what I was listening to. So. Yeah, it was, it, it's interesting to, to listen to the voices of – of basketball or any sport really of high school sports throughout the state and you know you get that nice mixture of you can tell some some people have you know had a little bit more training involved or at least some oversight you can tell some 
you know, I'm not against anybody. Don't get me wrong, but some are basically cheerleaders and they use a microphone as a megaphone. <laughs> but uh, and that's fine too if that's what the people who listen want to hear. Um, but it, it, we are blessed in this state. We have so many good, sound broadcasters. Excellent broadcasting school uh, at Marshall. WVU's broadcasting school is a successful one as well. And, and so we, we're, we're very fortunate in that regard. Absolutely. When you when you said a, you know a cheerleader with a microphone, I thought you were talking about PA announcers. There's that too. And there's that I was going to say, and I've heard a few that of one, those as well. That so. one I'm not as forgiving on yeah. because no one wants to hear anyone yell. Right. I mean, they just don't. No, no. That's just how it is. But right. but Ryan, I will give you a pat on the back. You do a very good job. I, I always enjoy coming to Wayne to, to hear your voice over the PA. So well, I appreciate that. I know we're friends, but you, you really – I've heard a lot of PA announcers over the years, and you, you probably want to yeah, We set him up right underneath the no. speaker. Yes. So. Perfect. <laughs> well, he put me over in the uh, chicken coop across the way. Hey, we, we've we've kind of lined that out now. Yeah. But it, it is interesting, too, how – you know, when, when things change for a program, how many fewer people start showing up and even one in the press box? It's really fascinating how that works. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the one thing, too, Ryan, you mentioned the student broadcasters. I think that's a wonderful part of our program. Uh, we've got them statewide, but uh, you really, like you say, see some very professional-sounding uh, student broadcasters, and uh, it really gives you a great perspective of uh, students uh, that are there following a career they enjoy. And Joe, for them to be able to do that and be a part of our program, I think is really a unique and a great part of it. Well, Ryan had mentioned, you know, Marshall University and, and WVU and a couple others that have good. There are several high schools across the state that have their own radio station and uh, and put out some pretty good uh, mm-hmm. broadcasters. Speaking of. Student broadcasters back in the day, a young Bill Cornwell walked through the halls of WMUL FM <laughs> in Huntington at Marshall University. A young Bill Cornwell. A young a, Bill Cornwell. <laughs> right. It hasn't been that long, has it, Bill? Well, not really. <laughs> not really, you know. I, I just keep plugging away, guys. Yeah, it was Marshall College, but we won't get into that. <laughs> The original Marco right there. Now, Bill Cornwell. <laughs> there we go. Got it. All right. Uh, Bill, you had you were at the Spring Valley Cabell Midland game tonight in boys basketball. Cabell Midland uh, looking pretty good right now. They are looking great, uh, to be honest with you, Ryan. I mean, they, they made a statement to me tonight. I, you know, I had a lot of questions. You know, we Obviously, we've been following them on the show Friday nights and, and kind of keeping up with the nights, but you know, and I kind of wondered, you know, is this team got what it takes to make it back to Charleston? Well, what I saw tonight, they definitely do have what it takes because they jumped on Spring Valley at Spring Valley early, and they did not let them up on the way to a 79-56 win. And, of course, you had a battle in this game of uh, two of the best players in the state, regardless of class, and C.J. Meredith and in uh, Chandler Smith and uh, – both guys got their points tonight, but uh, uh, it was definitely uh, Schmidt uh, leading a more balanced attack for uh, the uh, the Knights. Uh, he had 21, but he really didn't get going until uh, the second half. He uh, was able to, to hit some uh, some work. I tell you what, I'm really impressed with his freshman brother, Dominic. He had 13 tonight, and he's got some serious outside shot ability. Uh, they also got uh, 12 points tonight from Kalen Seibert, who is a transfer Cabell Midland from Huntington, and he's brought a lot of uh, quicks, a lot of hops, and a lot of game to Cabell Midland, so a nice addition there. 
And uh, on the other side, you know, C.J. Meredith, who, uh, of course, was a triple-A All-Stater last year, he had 24 tonight, and, uh, but he really was having problems getting his outside shot down. And he was usually a pretty uh, dead-eye three-pointer, but uh, he only had 24, no three-pointers tonight. A uh, guy who had his best game so far this year, sophomore Corbin Page for Spring Valley, he uh, used his uh, bulk and strength inside, and he had 20. But other than those guys, uh, the scoring was rather sparse for Spring Valley tonight. And uh, I'm really impressed again with Cabell Midland. They definitely have what it takes, uh, looks, looking like out of Region 4 and AAA, to head back to Charleston this year. But, uh, of course, we've got a lot of games yet to play, that is for sure. Absolutely. Bill Cornwell, always a joy to listen to you and talk to you and uh, look forward to uh, another week uh, with you next week. We'll be back there on set with you next week, guys. All right, sounds good. Bill Cornwell, who was at the Spring Valley Cabell Midland game. We're going to take a break, but first I want to say this. If you're a Huntington High fan, that call is bothering you a little bit because two of the leading scorers in that Cabell Midland Spring Valley game were at Huntington High a year ago. Mm. Mm. Interesting how that works. Mm. Very interesting. Right now, we're going to step aside and take our first break. When we come back, Dave Wilson, WAJR in Morgantown, had the call of Morgantown University boys basketball. Fantastic game there tonight. We'll also talk with Eric Little, WBBV, and looking forward to talking to Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Tigers boys basketball team. All that and much more. This is break one of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. Takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Become part of the Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like to hear from you, and we'd like for you to become a correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, And you can call the show tonight. We want to hear from you. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, and give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates around the entire state of West Virginia carrying the show tonight. And hey, don't forget... We've got a poll question. Last week's poll question, 70% of you believe that schools should be able to move up in the classification under the new four-class system. This week's poll question, do you think high school basketball games should be played in four quarters or two halves? Vote four quarters or two halves. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you this evening. It's all at basketballnight.com.
Thinking about joining the Marshall family? Visit marshall.edu tour and schedule a visit today. You can join us at one of our green and white days and see what being a son or daughter of Marshall means. You'll visit with administration and staff and see what Marshall has to offer. Can't make it for green and white days? Schedule a visit to one of our daily tours and get a personal look at Marshall's campus. To register for a visit to campus, go to marshall.edu tour or call 1-877-GO-HERD-1. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We've got a packed show for you tonight, so let's get right back to the phone lines. Dave Wilson, WAJR, in Morgantown. He had the call of one of the big games in the Mountain State tonight. Morgantown and University in boys basketball, the reigning state champions from University, playing so well to begin the season. Morgantown off to a fantastic start as well. And Dave, when these two get together, you expect a good game. You had one tonight. Yeah, they uh, certainly did not disappoint. University gets the win tonight over Morgantown, 49-46. Guys, Morgantown came out and led this game for most of the first half. Uh, led by as many as 10 points in the first half, University is able to cut that lead down. Took a one-point lead late in the second quarter. Morgantown is able to answer on the other end. Takes a three-point lead into the halftime break. The key turning point in this game is the opening uh, minute and a half, two minutes of the third quarter. University goes on a 7-0 run to close that three-point deficit and take a lead and was able to build a seven-point lead, and really throughout most of the second half is able to maintain that seven-point lead. These two teams really were kind of locked in a defensive slugfest, if you will, uh, going up and down the floor, and we kind of expected that tonight. Both these teams, especially Morgantown, play outstanding defense. Then in the fourth quarter, the offenses started to get in a little bit of rhythm. Morgantown is able to erase the deficit and take the lead. Alec Poland hits three threes in the fourth quarter. Then Alex Rudy is able to hit a three in the fourth quarter to give Morgantown the lead. University was immediately able to answer on the other end. Cade Matheny drove all the way to the rim. He was able to get the layup to get the one-point lead. Morgantown could not take advantage of a one-on-one opportunity on the other end of the floor. Flip it back. University back on the other end. They can take advantage of the one-on-one. There's your three-point advantage. Morgantown had an opportunity with 10 seconds left in the ball game, but University just would not allow them to set up a good shot. Hawks get the win, 49-46. K.J. McClurg had 23 for the Hawks. Cade Matheny had 15, and in all the intensity of the fourth quarter, we kind of missed it, but uh, he became the all-time leading scorer at University High School tonight. Carson Poffenberger led the way for Morgantown, uh, the big guy inside uh, and my mind's going completely blank, Ryan. I think he had 17 tonight <laughs> on the inside for the Mohegans. And the Mohegans fall tonight, their first loss. They will be back in action against Lindsley Academy tomorrow. So a quick turnaround for the Mohegans. University not showing any ill effects from its trip down to the Beach Ball Classic as they come back and get the win uh, tonight. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. You mentioned that trip to the Beach Ball Classic. That was something we were watching in this game. They played four games in five days. Traveled home, played a game on Tuesday, got home late Tuesday night, took Wednesday off, practiced on Thursday. Morgantown had a week off coming into this game, so 
um, you know, that was a factor in this one here tonight, but just a good ball game by what I think uh, you can make the argument are two of the best, if not the two best teams in the state right now. Absolutely. Dave Wilson, W-A-J-R in Morgantown, another one of those WMUL grads there, uh, Joe, that we were talking about earlier. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dave. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Of course. Anytime, Ryan. (laughs) All right. That's uh, my good buddy, Dave Wilson. Always good to talk with him Uh, on and off air sometimes. It's just, uh, you know, again, small little world. Absolutely. He roomed with one of my best friends who was from Wayne when they got here. But where does he reign at now? Well, what do you mean, where's he rain at now? He's one of my best friends. I went to his wedding. I had to do a lot to go to his wedding. It was in Weirton. That's a long way from home for me. Anyway, anyway let's go right back to the phone. Somebody's interested in what weddings I've attended in the last 10 years. Eric Little, WVVV, actually 12 years, but WVVV in Parkersburg. He had the Parkersburg South, South Charleston boys game tonight. And, Eric, this uh, difficult schedule for... That, that we've seen, I should say, throughout the course of the season already for Parkersburg South. Tough loss tonight in overtime. Well, don't sell yourself short, Ryan. I was kind of interested in what weddings you've been <laughs> and, and And I wanted to see what where, where that went from there. But, uh, I think we've reached maybe, the end of that one. He got out of it quick. So. Yeah, that's right. Maybe, maybe another time, but, but you're right. It's a... This Parkersburg South team is testing themselves early. They're four and two, but their two losses have been by five points or fewer. Tonight they take South Charleston to overtime, and they fall by three points, or they fall uh, in overtime tonight. And uh, it was a back and forth game too. Uh, South Charleston led by as many as eight in the first half. South came back, tied the game, then they built a lead of eight in the fourth quarter. And we're a little bit sloppy taking time off the clock. Uh, had a couple possessions where they bled some time. It didn't get quality looks at the basket. Uh, and, and a possession, I believe, in the middle of the fourth quarter where they didn't get a look at the basket, and they ran 30 seconds off the clock. South Charleston was able to not only get back into the game, but they built a um, at one point a, a four-point lead in the final minute of the game. Uh, South got a uh, bucket from Cam Marks, and he was fouled uh, as they were down four and uh, put him at the line, missed the free throw, and then Malachi Sylvia got the rebound and the putback, and that's the four-point swing to tie the game at 55 and send things to overtime before South Charleston pulled away with a 67-64 win over Parkersburg South. But uh, the one thing that Parkersburg South has done well and, and really well in the games that they've won is close out an opponent. They defeated Spring Valley last Saturday, scoring 30 points in the fourth quarter to turn a five-point lead after three into a 16-point win in a game that was a lot closer than the score would indicate for most of the, than the final score would indicate, a lot closer most of the night than what the final score would indicate. And even in the loss to Fort Fry, Ohio, they managed to get back into that game and make it a good game in the final minutes. They fought Fort Fry tooth and nail in a game that was closer than the five-point final score there. So, uh, they've been tested. They've they've managed to get a couple big wins, but uh, I think the losses the Parkersburg South has, uh, you don't want them on the ledger. I think they've definitely learned things from those losses that they'll build from. Hey, Eric, I listened to some of that game coming in tonight. Uh, I know, I think South Charleston made a substitution error and got a technical there early in the game, and that kind of let uh, Parkersburg get back in it. Was that a big uh, factor for uh, for South in that game? Yeah, South Charleston got off to a quick start. Like I said, they had a lead up to eight points in the first half. And South 
managed to cut it to five, but they never really managed to get back within a possession. But then uh, there was a snafu on a substitution, uh, some confusion as to who was supposed to come in for who. They ended up with six guys on the floor until finally play was stopped. Uh, South hit two free throws out of that. Jake Hogsett nailed the free throws. And then with the ball coming out of that, Malachi Sylvia hit the three. So it was a five-point swing right there. And that pulled South to within two. And for the rest of that half going into the second, they were within a point. But for the longest time, this is one of those games where you see a team get to within a bucket, and then all of a sudden they, they can't quite get over the hump. And then when they finally do get over the hump, they got some momentum. They got a big three from Cam Marks as well. Uh, that once they did get the lead, uh, that helped them build that lead and go from there. But um, Marks was uh, Marks to get back to him. Uh, he's been a distributor for Parkersburg South, and uh, he hit the three to put the Patriots ahead for the first time tonight. That came in the third quarter, and then created a steal at half court, knocked the ball loose, ran down the loose ball, was driving coast to coast. You think, okay, he's going to get the easy layup here. Instead, dishes it behind his back to Alex Ward, who finishes with a big dunk. And that was almost the cherry on top for South. It stretched the lead to five as the biggest they'd had at that, stretched the lead to four as big as they'd had at that point. And uh, uh, that's what really got South believing they could win in the second half. But you're right. It all started with that uh, substitution error, uh, technical free throws favor Parkersburg South. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Thanks so much, Eric. Hey, thanks, Ryan. All right. Parkersburg South falls in overtime to South Charleston tonight. Uh, let's, let's go right back to the phones here. We'll, we'll get with Ronnie Olson, the head coach of the Chase Green Boys, af- after the break in a moment. But first, before we go to break, I want to bring in uh, a head coach of the Wyoming East girls basketball team, Angie Bonsini, and junior Skylar Davidson. They had a big game today <laughs> in the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. Uh, as uh, the girls from Wyoming East got a win over their cross-county rival Westside and uh, Skylar Davidson making her return for that game from injury. We'll start with Skylar first. I understand this was a big day for you. You got cleared earlier in the day and then came back and had 13 assists in your first game back. How did it feel to be back? Thing really did you just get back out on the court. I went to physical therapy at 7 o'clock this morning just so I could get released. Long day there. And uh, Coach Bonzini, uh, you, you, did you know that you might get her back today, or was that one of those like pleasant surprises? Well, we kind of knew it was a day-to-day you know, uh, decision, and uh, she talked about she was feeling she worked awful hard to get back to us as soon. We didn't think originally we'd get her back as soon as we had, but she worked hard to get back on the court. And, and being able to come back and get a win over Westside, a team that defeated you two weeks ago. Uh, and, and, Coach, that's a, that's a big win because of, uh, you know, sectional tournament seeding implications on down the road. It is. You know, it was a positive growth experience for us today. I really do. And, you know, Westside's a really good team, and we were blessed to come out on the, uh, the winning end tonight. Today, excuse me. It feels like a night game. It always does, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're back to school right now. So, oh, you know, mercy. Been, we, we went back to school yesterday. So, Oh, wow. Dude. Yeah. Scholar, how, how, just tell me a little bit about, you know, when you have a, a game in the middle of the day, sort of, like as was the case today, uh, in the middle of a school day. Is, is that weird to prepare for? Uh, again, you've been on the road all day. It felt like a different routine for sure. Um but once we got out there on the court, it really didn't matter. We didn't have as many fans as we normally do, but it's because most of our fans were at school. <laughs> they were still excused, but not all could get a ride there by the time. Uh, 
And, and, and just tell me um, how you felt when, you know, when they told you you were, you were cleared to play today. I know it had been a little bit of a nagging injury that had, that had kept you out of the lineup for a couple of weeks, but uh, I know you know all too well about that, and I'm sure it was a good feeling to get told, hey, you can get back on the floor today. Yeah, it was a great feeling. I really had to talk my dad into letting me play also, <laughs> not only my physical therapist. <laughs> um, it was just a really great feeling because I was in the gym late at night just trying to get back to where I can play. And Coach Bonzini, uh, it had been a little bit of a rough go without Skyler, a few losses in a row and, and against really good teams. Uh, and, and she comes back out in the first half tonight and has – or this evening, this afternoon – we're on the same page here. Um, comes out tonight or today and has seven assists on nine made baskets in the first half for your team. And is she really kind of the glue that kind of makes everyone else a little bit better? She is. We have such a young team this year, and you know she's the one with the valuable experience that she's really helping to lead these girls. You know, uh, one if anything could good good could come out of her injuries, and I think we got some positive uh, growth experiences for our freshmen. You know, we're playing at times three freshmen and a sophomore and then Skyler's a junior. And, uh, you know, I think each game we're getting better. Uh, you know, we're going to have ups and downs with the youth. We played a lot of good senior-dominant teams. So, you know, having Skyler back with a little bit of experience and being our floor general helped settle down the kids around her. Hey, Coach, that was what I was going to ask you about your roster being so young. You have no seniors on the team. Three juniors and the rest are sophomores and freshmen. Yes, we're, we're very young. Uh, you know, really, Skyler's on one has got a lot of game experience. Uh, our two sophomores got a little bit, and then other, other junior Sarah Saunders got some. But we're very young. Uh, we're athletic. We're still learning, you know, uh, how to play together. When you think about it, this team, this was their fifth game with Skyler back, but they've actually played together. So, you know, uh, they're doing really well and playing hard. And uh, we're small, but, you know, we're hanging in there. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm proud of them. Skylar Davidson today finishes with seven points, but 13 assists in the win over Westside. That's 13 assists on 17 made baskets for the Lady Warriors. So obviously a, a key cog to that team, Skylar. So glad that you were able to make it back today. Enjoyed talking with you. And Coach Bonzini, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, that's Wyoming East girls coach Angie Bonzini and junior guard Skylar Davidson as the Warriors get the win over Westside this afternoon at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will talk with head coach Ronnie Olson of the Shady Spring Tigers, one of the state's uh, more interesting stories right now in boys basketball. It's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break number two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars. What they have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate 
your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us. We want you to follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And we want to have a shout out to all the folks who have joined us recently, including Sherry Brown, John and Mel, GXHI, Larry Reed, Tucker Lambert, Caleb Ray, Emmy Johnson, Coach Adkins, Stephen Marshall, Hannah Toller, Savannah Patterson, Chastity Stacy, Robin Walker, the Spring Valley Timberwolves, Alan W. Smothers, D. Williams, Ashley Potter, Jasmine Wheeler, Rita Atha, Connor Joseph, Laura Turner, Peyton Adams, Jeff Lewis, Missy Lewis, Ashley Smith, and Amelia Cole. They're all now part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore dot com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 9.36 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone. Happy to have you along on this Friday, January the 3rd, 2020. When I got out of bed this morning, I had to stop and think what day of the week it was. It, it, when you have the holiday in I've the middle of the week. <laughs> well, I've been off for two and a half weeks. I'm ready to go back to work. I mean, <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I'm ready to go back to work. I've had one day off for the holidays, all of them. And it was in the middle of the week. That's just how life goes. So. And no complaints. I enjoy what I do for a living. So it's, it's all good. But Coach Ronnie Olson uh, of Shady Spring, he's enjoying what he does for a living right now, too. As the head coach of the Shady Spring Tigers, they are 7-0 and on the season. And uh, they picked up a, a really nice win last night at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. Coach Olson joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach, 7-0 start. Hard to beat that. Can't get any better than that, fellas. I agree. Um, you know, obviously it's not March, but uh, it's, it's, it's great program the kids it's 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 really great start it's exciting obviously the opponents we've had and like you said it doesn't get any better than seven and oh shady spring already has a win at the woody williams armory in fairmont over fairmont senior uh, a win over robert c bird in a tight game but always a state um, tournament contender capital is is usually very good in boys basketball south charleston is a state tournament contender every year. George Washington is a state championship contender many years. Woodrow Wilson has all the history. I'm just naming the teams that Shady Spring has already defeated. defeated. Yeah. And it really, it's, it's an impressive <laughs> list, Coach. It, it is. And I'll tell you, if, if you guys could do some bracketology, then we'd be a one seed. But unfortunately, West Virginia high school basketball doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, you can go ahead and knock them right now. Joe Lenardi would have his number one. But unfortunately, we got to go out there and play it. You know, ACC Big 12 tournament doesn't work like that. <laughs> we still got to beat Bluefield, you know. But we would be a one seed right now, and I think our stock would be rising. And the kids are having fun, the community, the school. I mean, it's really a great ride. The kids love it. Um, team special you know and uh, unfortunately uh, we get a one game series in, in in march you know with bluefield or whoever it may be and uh well, in east and west side the, the chance to go up the turnpike to charleston hey coaches looking over your roster i'll tell you what seven seniors that's that's almost unheard of but no sophomores <laughs> you know i was talking to uh, my assistant coach about that the other day it, it really is you know um 
no sophomores, but uh, our freshman group may this may be the best freshman group to ever come through the uh, through the um, school. I, I'm sure it's up for debate, but since I've been there, it's definitely this this is a, a phenomenal group of freshmen. So I think it makes up for it. We got some good kids coming up next year, but uh, yeah, we're going to miss the seniors, but we do. We're senior laden team with some uh, nasty freshmen as well. Coach, you were, uh, I mean, you already had a a very experienced team coming back, and there were already big plans for this season. And then Luke LaRose joins the program, uh, transfers in uh, after football season ended. So you really didn't have a lot of time. How has he gelled with everyone? Because I I, I can imagine that it's one thing to just put a talented player in the the rotation, but he's got to play with these guys a little bit before they can really be as good as they can be. He he does, and kind of fortunate for me, you know, he played uh, travel ball with, with those guys. And actually, Coach Bolin, uh, when they were younger, and uh, Brian Chapman, actually my two, uh, my four twins, actually my standout freshman's dad, they coached them when they, were, when they were younger. So they've had some experience together. Tommy Williams, they've all played together. But they came in and gelled personality-wise, sharing the ball. I just think it takes a, t- took a little bit of time for him to get comfortable in his role. I think he was really being passive more at, to start the season. And uh, uh, just having him on the thread of, on the floor, he's he's just he's fitting great. It's like he's been here the whole time. I just think sometimes he, you know, he, he he thinks he has to do too much because he's so used to it, realizing that he has a you know a, a bunch of guns around him, you know. And I I think he he lo- he's he couldn't be any happier. He keeps saying, Coach, I, I'm 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 so happy. You know, uh, we, we're winning. This is exciting. You know, this is making these kids senior year. You know, and uh, hopefully it can it can translate into uh, playing on championship Saturday in March. Certainly is an exciting time now at Shady Spring. And coach, let's talk a little bit about that game last night against Wyoming East. It wasn't the first time you faced adversity because you've been in a lot of close games against the again very good competition. But uh, you found yourself behind for a big chunk of that game last night. It required uh, you to kind of dig down a little bit and reach a little deeper than than you have had to maybe to that point. Yeah, I thought I was getting ready to pass out. I was seeing spots. <laughs> I was so angry to start with, but um, you, you know they, they they didn't they know it. They don't hide from it. I mean. Give credit to Wyoming East. They had a good game plan. We knew what they were going to do. We're familiar with each other, both those teams. But I, I think I wasn't guarding against them being too overconfident. But uh, obviously last night I feel like they came out and were a little too overconfident. I even had to get on the floor during warm-ups, which I, I don't usually do, and try to get them going. And a little lethargic. The zone slows you down a little bit. But uh, once they started getting into it, uh, we got in and we had a re- really good discussion at halftime. Uh, uh, they came out, and started playing a little bit, and going downhill, and uh, got into a shitty spring basketball, and that's getting in you, you know, for ninety feet and, and and making it hard on the opponents and wearing them down, and that's what they did. And uh, I thought you saw we saw that at the end there, where they we kind of just warmed down, and I was proud of the kids. And like you said, adversity. We've been down eighteen, Robert C. Bird, uh, cut it, and you know, that's that's what they do. They don't quit, you know, and they they they. Uh, I just wish they'd stop doing it and wait, <laughs> wait until the second or third third quarter because can't do it in, in, in late february or march but uh they're, they they never quit that's for sure you feel at home at the raleigh county armory now i feel like you should like almost have to pay rent in there at this, at this rate <laughs> well this is a fourth yeah, straight game with that there. armory tomorrow uh, good sorry it, it is and and some people say why are you playing there i said well we're playing in some tournaments you know uh uh, you know they're excited. We gave them a couple home games there, um, but the kids love the environment there. I, I tell you, of all the games, obviously last night was a big one uh, for our community. Our school was uh, beating Woodrow Wilson on their own floor. There it was kind of a historic win for our program, 
and uh, historic for our kids and something that's never been done. And obviously, you know, it's not going to feel like anything that has ever been done because we've only been to Charleston once the entire existence of the school, you know, been played in the state tournament. And that's going to obviously put the cherry on the top. But that was a big win for us. Uh, uh, Woodrow on their own floor was just that the atmosphere was phenomenal last, uh, last weekend. Well, Shady Spring once again at its home away from home tomorrow against Greenbrier East at the Raleigh County Armory, Armory and Convention Center. Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring boys basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us. And, again, congratulations on a great start. I know you're not quite yet where you're trying to go. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. All right, that's Ronnie Olson of the Shady Spring Tigers. And uh, Coach Marone, expectations for that program kind of went through the roof right before <laughs> the season started. Uh, and, and yeah, there are rumblings you hear about that, you know, that Luke LaRose was looking to transfer from Nicholas County to Shady Spring after football season. He did just that. But, you know, as a coach, you can't rely on anything until everybody's enrolled and you get to practice with everybody. Yeah, and like Coach mentioned, uh, sometimes it's hard to gel players together that have come together. Uh, such as that, but as he mentioned, through the travel ball, and a lot of times uh, kids have relationships and they've played ball with players outside of the school setting. So Luke LaRose moves in. Uh, always nice to get a, a all-time leading scorer from another school <laughs> coming in to add to a very good ball club to start with. And i got to give Coach Olson credit. I mean, you're talking about taking on all comers. I mean, they have played a brutal schedule early. They're undefeated right now. He's got the big picture. They're looking at the big picture come tournament time. And I tell you what, I don't know if his wildest dreams they'd be sitting here at 7 and 0 going in tomorrow with Greenbrier East, but uh, a team definitely to watch when you think about them in Bluefield and that same uh, uh, region coming out of that same region. Those are two of the top contenders in AA for sure. A lot of excitement just down the turnpike from Beckley and Shady Spring, where the Tigers are still 7 and 0, looking to go to 8 and 0 tomorrow against Greenbrier East at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. We're going to step aside, take our third break. When we come back, we will talk with John Blackmore. He's at the Cancer Research Classic in Wheeling. There are some national teams that have come in there, national level teams. That's a great event at West Banco Arena. We'll also talk with Luke Creasy of the Wayne County News. All that and much more with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after break three on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us and being part of the show. And we want to thank all of our great radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night. Of course, Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. 90.7 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne, 104.5 FM WASPLP in Huntington. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZ, LP, Edmund, Beckley, The Ticket. 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. And the Voice of the Coalfields 101.9 FM 1290 AM WVOWN Logan 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston 950 AM. 
We're also on Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. We're also heard on 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Those are just some of the affiliates throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Join us online at basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.48 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Fastest three hours in radio. We're winding down hour number one already. <laughs> that happens very quickly. But uh, we'll get a scoreboard update at the top of the hour. But right now, I want to go to John Blackmore. He has been covering the Cancer Research Classic in Wheeling. And, John, that's one of the, the um, premier events in West Virginia high school basketball. The nation ranked number three um, last year, and we'll see where it comes out this year, but certainly appears to be one of the top five again this year. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back on the radio, usually just on traffic now. But uh, I want to thank my boss, Jamie, for giving me the time today to cover the Research Classic. So it was a lot of fun. And always a lot of good teams, as you mentioned, coming in there. You had a big game uh, within the state today. Wheeling Park and Chapmanville boys basketball. That was a a very good game and a very impressive one for Chapmanville uh, in that event. It was. And, you know, I've seen Chapmanville um, down in the state tournament. We don't get to see a lot of double-A basketball in our area. Um, all triple-A and single-A teams. Even in football, we can see Oakland, but that's generally just about it. And, uh I'd like your opinion real quick before I answer how I thought the game went today. Um, did they, it seemed like a team that lost a lot from last year for, uh, with Chapmanville. Uh, guys, is, that, is that the case? Uh, they lost a couple yeah, of them. They uh, lost actually like, three, uh, but you know they had a pretty good bench. So you know they just regrouped and moved on. They did, and I think Killian looked great out there. He's, he's a fluid player. He protects the rim. I mean, he's a guy that's just so big. He causes problems, and Park isn't, you know, they, they have good size underneath. Their guards are on the diminutive side, but uh, they he just caused so many problems for them. And, and Park is a team that a lot of people thought coming into this game, hey, if they're going to get a win in the CRC, it's going to be against this team maybe. Like, because they've played so many big school teams that have been, uh, you know, even ranked in Pennsylvania um, and, and just been outmanned basically in a lot of games, as Wheeling Central has been most of the time as well. But uh, they came in and played well. It's just that rim protector was just so good. And I think Park's bench, you know, they go maybe six um, consistently, and they can play probably six. They're going to struggle to play seven players. Um, but it, it, he is just such a factor inside. I think the uh, the length of the court, and you got, I don't know who made their schedule, but you got a question when you're playing, you know, Brooke the night before, and then you're going to go to the CRC and play one of the best teams in, Pencil, in uh, West Virginia on the biggest court, arguably, in the state. I mean, that West Banco Arena floor is huge. And they played a game last night. They really ran out of gas uh, late in that game. And, and yeah, and then uh, 
that's a, that's a rough that's a quick turnaround obviously and uh a morning game it was like an eleven thirty game this morning i do believe right so uh, I, I would think they wouldn't have got back to school last night probably until ten thirty, and then you know trying to get home um and you know not being and, and being away it's the holiday it's tough playing over the holiday anyway because you're really not you know that schedule and kids are regimented they love you know they don't like to be in school but they get used to being in school i should say and uh, get used to a schedule and a running and a routine and, and to get out of that and put up 91 the night before and then go and play on West Bank. It was really tough for him. You could see that in the second half. It was a great game until about midway in the third quarter, and then it was just too much speed, and I, I just think they tired out. Uh, yeah, look for Park to, you know, I think they'll make a trip down. It's been, I don't know, maybe eight years since they've made a tournament appearance, and uh, I think this is the year that they'll probably do that and break that streak of not making it down. Another full day of basketball ahead tomorrow. Wheeling Central plays the 10 a.m. game against Butler, Pennsylvania. Uh, some other teams, if you've watched like the Dix National High School Basketball Tournament, you've heard of Lalamere of LaPorte, Indiana. Uh, they, they're in it. They're playing uh, tomorrow as well. Huntington Prep is playing yeah. in it. And uh, Modern Day from Santa Ana, California is a nationally known high school, as well as DeMatha. Mm-hmm. So you've got, I mean, this is, it's just an incredible tournament. You see a lot of talent, and you see some guys who uh, you also will see on TV in the next year or so. Listen, there have been, I believe now, six lottery picks playing this in the last six years. There have been, I believe there are 21 NBA first-round draft picks that have played in this in the last five years. Uh, I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, Okafor, and I just name it. Anybody who went to Duke or Kentucky or Kansas uh, most of the one and done, Jabari Parker, um, Jason Tatum, you name them. They, they've been through this full ball, uh, just a crazy amount. Tomorrow, Wheeling Central will play Butler, which is number three of PA right now. Uh, Ethan Morton is co- uh, committed to Purdue. Uh, he, he, he looked pedestrian last year, and in the second half, he went off for a mere 35 points in the second <laughs> half. So that's the kind of kid you're playing against. It looks like you got to win, and all of a sudden, this guy decided to tighten his shoes and put it to you. and. Uh, they'll have a tough match with them. Um, you mentioned Lalu. They lost today, and they'll play again tomorrow. And they feature uh, one of the Logic boys, and his uncle is a coach here at Lindsley, and his dad, of course, has been um, around the world of college basketball, as his uncle has, and uh, they played today. So it'll be good to see that. The Logics always draw in Wheeling. You know, their family's from here and everything. Uh, so that'll be a great one. And, and, again, Huntington Prep played tonight, and, boy, if West Virginia fans got to look at Cottrell and – um, and uh, the kid that decommitted, uh, uh, drawn a blank, uh, went, decided to go to Duke, but committed Breakfield. to West Virginia. And Breakfield, it's just impressive. I mean, just so good. Arguably the best player in the tournament. Uh, you can pretty much make that argument for day one. Well, you've had a front row seat to some fantastic <laughs> national caliber of high school basketball. John Blackmore, always a pleasure. Good to get to talk to you again tonight. Thanks, buddy. Keep me in mind. I'll Absolute, be around. Absolutely. That's John Blackmore. You guys Blackmore. Do a great job. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much. He's at the Cancer Research Classic at West Bank Arena in Arena in Wheeling. There we go. <laughs> Not too far from where the skating rink on Wheeling Island caught fire earlier this week. That historic that. building. And, uh, you know, that's, it was being used as storage for the casino. It's a hundred-plus-year-old building. I hope they didn't have any money stored over there. <laughs> right, yeah. As long as the treasury is not there, they might be in good shape. Uh, we've got about two and a half minutes before the break, so let's go to Luke Creasy right now. Sorry, Luke, you're actually not getting the wait forever. You have the just limited amount of time. You had Spring Valley and Cabell Midland for the Wayne County News tonight, and Cabell Midland remains undefeated. Tough loss, though, for Spring Valley. 
Yeah, the uh, the Knights really played a, a solid game overall, but it was the Schmidt brothers, uh, Chandler and Dominic Schmidt, combined for 37 points tonight. Uh, and really, Midland had it from wire to wire. Uh, the biggest difference, though, uh, as well as Midland shot the ball, came at the free throw line. They shot 19, or made 19 free throws, shot 33. Um, and that was that was the difference uh, in a 23-point win uh, for the Knights tonight to stay undefeated. I know you get to follow all the county schools in Wayne County, so uh, this was a tough loss again for Spring Valley, but, uh, you know, that's a tough it's a tough little area from which the Timberwolves play in Class AAA. There's really no easing off as we move forward either. Yeah, Spring Valley sitting at one and four right now. Uh, have a game against South Charleston after the weekend coming up on Tuesday. But uh, the biggest problem the Timberwolves are facing right now is playing defense, uh, scoring the ball. I mean, obviously you've got C.J. Meredith. He had 22 tonight. Corbin Page chipped in 20. Uh, those two were really good offensively, but defensively they're really struggling. They, they tried to go to his own uh, there against Cabell Midland. They like that matchup better than uh, better than man-to-man, and uh, Midland liked that matchup too. Uh, they shot uh, the ball well from the perimeter tonight, uh, made nine three-pointers. Uh, Spring Valley didn't make a single one, and C.J. Meredith missed 13 by himself. Uh, so really uh, an off night for Spring Valley in a lot of ways, but uh, they couldn't buy a bucket for the majority of that contest. and uh, But the Knights look sharp. Uh, not, not only the Smith brothers, but um, Paul Mauricio uh, had, had a couple good stops there. K.K. Seibert, um, some, some strong rebounds on the glass, uh, really gave Midland um, or Spring Valley a run for their money tonight. Luke Creasy, a former uh, special correspondent <laughs> on the program for Standout Athletes of the Week. Yeah, and now with yeah. the Wayne County News. Pleasure to hear from you again, Luke. Oh, pleasure to hear from you, too. i got some more basketball coming up tomorrow. I'm traveling down to Logan for the Wildcat Classic Hoop Showcase. Uh, Wayne girls have a tough game against North Marion. There's, there's a battle of the undefeated. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that, too. A big day of basketball tomorrow. Very well may see you there. That's Luke Creasy of the Wayne County News. We'll step aside for a break. When we come back, we'll get you a full scoreboard update. And we'll talk with Jordan Mounts. He has been to two Tug Valley games in as many nights. At the Lady Panthers game with Lawrence County, Kentucky yesterday, and today, the Tug Valley Tulsa Boys game. All that and much more when we roll on after the break. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. big thank you to all of our affiliates out there. We mentioned some of them in the last break. We also want to thank some of our newest affiliates. 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney. Also 92.5 FM WZAC Madison Danville Charleston. And a return of an old friend, 90 uh, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer. You can also hear us on 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Matewan. We rock West Virginia louder. We're on 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and KQV can be heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. And we're on 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher.
the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX and Wheeling, and 1370 AM, 98.1 FM, WVLY, Moundsville. We're on 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, and Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, in Middleburn. Big thank you to all of our followers on Twitter, too. Thank you so much for sending us scores tonight. We appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout-out to our newest followers, Jeannie Branch, Zachary Dingus. Looking to take some classes but not sure you can make it to campus? Marshall offers a wide variety of online classes that fit your needs. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline and register today. Marshall offers more than 200 online courses, and undergraduate and graduate majors offered exclusively online. Are you waiting for the perfect time to get your degree? Now's the time. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline, where you'll find that Marshall is the right fit for you. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us on this first Friday of 2020. Coach Marone, the athleticism still there. <laughs> I'm sneaky. Yeah. Let's just look. We have a good time here. It's a, it, it, it's, it's a show that. Uh, I've got a magic shirt. Right. It's made for radio, but if, if you're watching the, the stream. You realize that Coach Marone switched shirts between the first and second segment of the show. Well, every talent has a wardrobe change, right? So I felt like I needed to keep people on their toes. You need to step up and get you a white shirt. <laughs> I love this Wait, white shirt. Yeah, yeah, always, always a good time. But yeah, Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is hour two already of episode four of the 2019-2020 season, our seventh year, our seventh season, of bringing you high school basketball. We started this program in December of 2013, and um, we've grown from uh, basically one or two stations up to more than 20 now. And we just, you know, it's always a pleasure to share high school basketball with 27. There you go. See, we're almost (laughs) at 30 now and still growing. And, you know, it, it would be hard to do what we do without the help of Fred Dameron behind the scenes, without Mike Stanley, without Marcus Constantino, who is monitoring this show very closely <laughs> from St. Louis right now. He's on pins and needles, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, don't think I haven't heard from him through the show. Oh, okay. We're all, it's all good. And, and Marcus doesn't, doesn't take time to break sometimes for himself. And we He's on the road tonight. He's on the road, but he's still working. We greatly right. appreciate that. 
And we got the governor here. Yeah, no, the future governor. Oh, future governor. Future governor. Yeah, yeah. Let's clarify. I'm that. getting a little ahead of myself. We, we had there, the governor the last Kyle, week. Kyle does a great job. All the volunteers, yeah. awesome. Yes, Kyle Powers uh, again, future governor of West Virginia. But <laughs> um, I know, maybe future coach of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Well, you know, never know. Yeah, he is a he's a manager for the Steelers and a Marshall University student, a Wayne High grad. Go figure, right? Yeah. How about that, right? And <laughs> small world. <laughs> Yep, and, and yeah, I've known his family forever and, and love every one of them. But uh, interestingly enough, Kyle, I want to brag on Kyle here before we do the scoreboard real fast, uh, just did some renovations to the Memorial Student Center on campus at Marshall, redid the entire interior. I mean, it, it doesn't – the only thing that's the same is still the, the fireplace column in the middle, but everything around it changed. They even took out the stairs that had been there since it was originally built and built a new staircase. One of the exhibits, though, one of the things I thought was very neat is there's an interactive uh, picture, basically, of the 1970 Marshall football team, uh, the team that was killed in the plane crash uh, after the East Carolina game on November 14, 1970. And if you, if you touch one of the players, you get their bio that's in the picture. Now, not everyone in that picture was on that trip, but it, it's still, you know, this was a, an idea that Kyle had and now it's a reality, and so we're very proud of, of Kyle. That's a that's a big part of the history here at Marshall University, and uh, it's good that th- this generation can also see that and look to extend it to future generations as well. Yeah, and using uh, modern technology to bring forth a story that needs to right. be shared, and uh, awesome, awesome job. Yeah, he's the reason you're in focus tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that he's really making me look good because I do have a face for radio. So. <laughs> You know, on that note, uh, we'll get to Jordan Mounts and Taryn Malone in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. Joe, you have the boys' scores. All right. Earlier today in the Cancer Research uh, Classic up north in Wheeling, it was the Chapmanville Tigers knocking off the Wheeling Park Patriots 61 48. Philip Mullins actually led Chapmanville uh, in that game with 23 points. And Obina Anacelli Kilna had 17 points, but he had 14 rebounds and six block shots. It was in the uh, New River Community Technical College Invitational earlier today. We talked about this game a little earlier. The Lady Raiders of Liberty Raleigh knocked off uh, James Monroe 59-44. It was the Princeton Tigers picking up a win. In that same tournament over Nicholas County, 92-59. Independence winners also in that same tournament over Pocahontas County, 74-47. Another game from that tournament, it was Oak Hill knocking off Webster County. They fought a 4-2 after Oak Hill uh, picked up the 61-52 win. Moorfield knocked off East Hardy, 69-56. It was the Preston Knights over John Marshall and a close one, 65-63. Down in the Canal Valley in Charleston, it was Charleston Catholic knocking off Huntington St. Joe, 72-51. Fairmont Senior knocks off Crosstown Rivals East Fairmont, 55-48. Greenbrier West picks up a win over Montcalm, 75-43. This score from the half, Lincoln County leads the Scott Skyhawks 34-22. And a game that was played on Minor Mountain tonight, the Logan Wildcats knock off Mingo Central 64-48. 
the uh, high score in the game was David Early with 27 points for Logan. Drew Hatfield had 22 points for the Miners. University. The Hawks fall or pick up a win over the Morgantown Mohegans earlier today, 49-46. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, pick up a win over Parkersburg, 65-55. Polka picks up a win over Winfield, 77-52. It was Parkersburg Catholic over Ravenswood, 65-46. And a close one in two overtimes, Huntington. The Highlanders knock off Ripley, 67-64. In a game we talked about earlier, Saint, or South Charleston picks up a three-point win in overtime over Parkersburg South, 67-64. Cabell Midland, the Knights pick up a win over Spring Valley, 79-56 tonight. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish over Trinity Christian, 67-52. Kaiser. Picks up a win over Tucker County, 72-36. And Tug Valley, the Panthers, pick up a win over Tulsa, 79-63. Coach Barone, we'll turn you loose with the girls' scores. Let's take a look at girls' scores all across the mountain state. Looking for scores, look no more right here at BasketballNight.com. Scoreboard update. On the girls' side tonight, Wyoming East gets a big rivalry win, 60-51, over the West Side Renegades. In that Wildcat Classic that Joe uh, referenced earlier, Chapmanville gets a win over Summers County tonight. The Lady Bobcats fall 62-49. to uh, Also a late game just underway. Scott and Logan playing the finale in that game. Also big games tomorrow, as Ryan mentioned, all day long at Willie Acres Arena. If you're out and about and in that area, uh, stop in and see some great uh, girls basketball in uh, the field house. Charleston Catholic, a low-scoring affair, gets a win over Buffalo, 29-26. Greenbrier West, 41. Montcalm, 23. Three. Herbert Hoover really having a good year, uh, pushes the record to 6-3. and three. They are all over Liberty Raleigh, 80-21. to 21. The Lady Huskies get a big win in that one. Gilmer County, the Lady Titans, 63-49 winners over Doddridge County. Lewis County, 48-37 winners over Nicholas County. Parkersburg Catholic, a big sectional win tonight. They are all over Williamstown. That game was in Williamstown tonight. It's Park Catholic, 70 Williamstown, the Lady Yellow Jackets, 37. Cabell Midland stays unbeaten, 72-61 over Winfield. 67-61, a battle of AAA powers. Greenbrier East knocks off George Washington, 67-61. Also on the girls' side, Lincoln, 55-44 winners over Bridgeport. And the Petersburg Vikings get a 45-25 win over the Elkins Lady Tigers. That's a look at your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update on the girls' side. Thank you very much, Coach. And, again, all those scores can be found on BasketballNight.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, like our Facebook page, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We are pretty well on just about everything. So... We, we, there is a lot of information there. If you are a hoops junkie, then that's a one-stop shop for you. I encourage you to go there. They do a great job with the website. All the tournaments are laid out on there with all the matchups. Uh, you got your uh, later tonight, a little tease. Got your uh, power ratings coming uh, later tonight. I know Joe was up late last night crunching numbers no, and getting that put Marcus together was. for us. <laughs> I will not take the blame or any credit blame. or any uh, un- unearned credits. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Marcus definitely will will join us with those power ratings a little bit later on tonight. Looking forward to it. And he'll join us from St. Louis because Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia knows no boundaries, no boundaries whatsoever. You know, sometimes you have to cross the river to find a game, and that's just how it works out. Tug Valley last night in girls played Lawrence County, Kentucky. 
And today, the Panthers played Tulsa in boys basketball. Got the win today. Jordan Mouse, WFGH Radio, had the call of both of them. And uh, Jordan, nice, uh, nice win tonight for Tug Valley's boys basketball team. You know, uh, Ryan, I want to give a statistic really quickly to start this off. Uh, if I was to ask you, uh, uh, if I was to give you a statistic that one team shot 60% from the foul line and the other team shot 32% from the foul line, which would you tell me that, uh, which team would you tell me won the game? Oh, that's always one of those trick questions. <laughs> that one's loaded. Yeah, I feel like that was a loaded question. Um. That's a very loaded question. The, uh, this evening, Tug Valley, despite shooting only 32% from the foul line, was able to come away with a victory over the Tulsa Rebels. Uh, and a game that meant a lot to the players. You know, these two schools, it's a rivalry game between Tug Valley and Tulsa. These players know each other. They've grown up together. Shoot, they may be neighbors, some of them. But uh, it's a very well-deserved win for Tug Valley, uh, despite shooting so poorly from the line. The Tug Valley boys getting that win tonight over Tulsa. Um, Again, a very good basketball team. Tug Valley's always good. I mean, I I think even when their record isn't all that impressive, they're always uh, still a good basketball team. I know there were a lot of expectations for Tulsa coming into this year, but uh, I have to give a lot of credit to Tug Valley for uh, taking care of their sectional rival tonight. You know, uh, Tulsa defeated Tug Valley three times last year. Uh, they went perfect through the uh, through the entire season, defeating them uh, tw- uh, twice during regular season play, and then there in the playoffs uh, when they had to travel there for the sectional championship, uh, the Rebels were able to knock uh, Tug Valley off as well. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it was a totally different ball game here uh, today. Uh, Tulsa just they, they they struggled from the field a little bit. Uh, they only shot thirty six percent from uh, two point land, thirty five percent from three point land for thirty five percent overall, and sixty percent from the foul line. Uh, Tug Valley, on the other hand, sixty percent from the uh, from uh, inside the arc, thirty six percent from outside for a total of fifty eight percent from the field for the Panthers. Uh, so just a great game for Tug Valley, a very well played team effort. Uh, and I got to give uh, one qu- one last quick uh, 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 shout out here uh, for an excellent game played by the two big men from Tug Valley. Despite being in foul trouble, Easton Davis was able to come away with 14 points, uh, shooting uh, 80% from the field. Big man Ethan Colgrove, the uh, very solid 6'5 sophomore, uh, shooting uh, 92% from the field, all in the paint. So uh, great effort by both of those two ga- two guys, and uh, probably the best combined effort that they've had over their uh, uh, career here at Tug Valley. Jordan Mouse, WFGH Radio. Jordan, thanks so much for calling. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. All right. Once again, that's Jordan Mouse of WFGH Radio. We'll go right back to the phones, and we'll talk with Terry Malone in just a moment. Um, he had the Magnolia Tower Consolidated Boys game. Right now, I want to go to Brad Knapper, head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Boys Basketball Team. And Coach Knapper, uh, you take your show on the road uh, again. Earlier this morning, going into Wheeling to West Banco Arena and defeat Wheeling Park. Uh, you, you've, you've pretty well handled whatever the state of West Virginia can throw at you for the past couple of years now. Well, uh, you know, we we uh, we started off kind of sluggish uh, today. It was it was definitely a hard fought win. You know, a lot of that credit that goes to Wheeling Park. They were really. Uh, really ready to play. Coach Jevy had those guys really ready to play. And, uh, you know, we were in a dogfight today for sure. And hopefully that'll, that'll help us later in the season. We had somebody uh, a little earlier wanted to know who made out your schedule. They couldn't believe how uh, how tough it was that early. And I told them I, I would almost bet 
Coach Napper did it because you like getting your boys prepared, you know, throwing them in those battles early, and uh, that way when you get into the regular season, you're battle-tested. Yeah, it was all on me. I, I definitely definitely did uh, take take credit, I guess you could say, or, or uh, I don't know if it's credit or, or just being crazy, one or the other. But, uh, yeah, it was me. And, you know, we, we've we've already put, you know, uh, had some really tough games, put a lot of miles in, and, and um, you know, and we got a lot, a lot more coming up. You know, we got, you know, we go tomorrow play Bluefield down at, down at uh, in Beckley at the Armory. So uh, it, it doesn't get any easier for us. Uh, you know, we got a tough week again next week. Uh, we got Mingo, and then we go to Pittsburgh um, for to, to play a Spire Academy up there. So it definitely doesn't get any easier for us. Coach, uh, you started off the season with a loss, uh, battle of Rock Hill. Uh, and then, then your team picked it up, and you've you've had some pretty impressive wins since that time. Yeah, I think I think we've we, we've we've played pretty good. I mean, I've I've been you know uh, happy with the guys so far, and, and our young guys uh, you know seem to step up at, at the right time. And and you know we had some couple young guys uh, Isaiah Smith and Colton Craddock who both stepped up big time tonight and in the, or this morning in the first half when we were really struggling to score and. You know, Isaiah hit ten points in the first quarter. Kind of got us going. You know, when we were we were down eight or ten. So you know, those young guys have really have really been uh, stepping up in, in in big moments for us. And I, I you know, uh, that's going to be a key for us going forward. You know, we know we got you know Andrew Shaw, Philip Mullins, and Obana. You know, we just sort of know what we're going to get from those guys. Uh, but those other guys uh, um, have to continue to step up. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. You know, you lost a couple to graduation, but this uh, Class AA state championship team, you found and you had players to come off the bench and fill those holes and, and already making an impact early in the season. Yeah, we do. We do. And we've been relying on some freshmen, uh, you know, Brody Dalton, Isaiah Smith, uh, sophomores, Colton Craddock, Preston Smith, uh, uh, Chase Berry, who's a senior that hasn't played. Uh, a whole lot of basketball, and then uh, you know Hunter Jeffrey and a couple more of those guys that are juniors. Uh, so we're, we've got some inexperienced guys, but but we feel like we got six or eight of those guys that that can all contribute and and all do different things well. Uh, so you know, uh, it's just you know finding the right role for those guys and those guys you know learning their role and and being able to to, to perfect it as best they can. Chapmanville's boys pick up a win this morning over Wheeling Park in West Banco Arena in Wheeling. By 13, they play tomorrow, or excuse me, they play tomorrow, yes, yeah. tomorrow uh, evening at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center against Bluefield. Very tough back to back, a lot of travel involved. Should be a lot of fun. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Tara Malone. We've held him on there for a little bit. We'll get him as soon as we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is Break Five along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. 
Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score. Give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. The big shout out to the newest followers tonight. McLee, Anthony, and Missed. Thanks for joining us and being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Jeffrey Tucker just joined. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bringing you high school basketball throughout the Mountain State all the way to midnight. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone. Happy to have you with us. We told you it was a full night of basketball Scores have kept rolling in. We'll give you a scoreboard update a little bit later on uh, in this hour. We've also been busy with the phone lines, as you know. We have um, basically just just dishing them out here, keeping everybody <laughs> in touch. But we've, we've got contacts all throughout West Virginia. A lot of uh, good games have been taking place over the course of the past week, not all of them just tonight. One of them earlier this week, right before the New Year's, back on Monday, all the way back in 2019, Magnolia defeated Tyler Consolidated in boys basketball 42-39. to Taryn Malone is a former student broadcaster for Magnolia. He's now in college at WVU, interning for Metro News. He was at that ball game, and Taryn, a really good game between two strong teams, and Magnolia comes away with the win in that one. Yeah, it was quite shaky towards the end, but Magnolia managed to pull away, like you said, 42 to 39. A senior Kowali Turner, uh, no, I'm sorry, Trevor Williamson led the way for the Blue Eagles with 12 points, followed by Kowali Turner with 10. Those would be the two Blue Eagles that would score in double digits. On the other hand, uh, for Tyler Consolidated, led by Mark Rucker with 15 points, and Justin Bowman with 14. And um, I do believe you guys uh, came out with the, the athlete of the week, Gage Huffman. He scored five uh, that evening as well. It was all in the first quarter for Gage Huffman for free, uh, free throws. Yes, we will actually learn more about Gage Huffman a little bit later on, uh, actually right after we talk to you. <laughs> Ironic right there. There's a T. Stay ahead for that. But uh, Magnolia, that one loss on the season was to Williamstown. We talked about it already. It's a 27-point loss. But for a 5-1 team, that really stands out right now. As an outlier, they've been playing pretty well. 
and play uh, again tomorrow at Payton City. So uh, Magnolia is kind of uh, quietly carving out a, a, a really good basketball season right now. Yeah, um, last year, uh, a little fun or a fact for you, last year Magnolia only won five games overall in the uh, entire season. So those uh, wins have matched up so far. And um, expect a pretty good game tomorrow at Payton City. Um, Payton City, unfortunately, right now is 0-6. Magnolia is 5-1. and So it should be a good matchup at Payton City tomorrow morning, um, somewhere around 11.30 or so. Um, from what I have so far, Tyler Consolidated is 1-4, and Ritchie County is 2-5, and and St. Mary's is 3-4. and Despite Tyler's record 1-4, and they are a pretty good ball club um, after seeing them. Uh, back in 2019, um, the record doesn't really show right now, but they are definitely a true ball club. So Magnolia will also have a game next week uh, against River, Ohio, from Hannibal, Ohio. That game will be in New Martinsville on Tuesday evening, and then a week from today, they will host, or actually they will travel to Frontier, Ohio. Uh, Again, that's one week from today. Tara Malone. Um, currently an intern at Metro News and a former student broadcaster for Magnolia. Taryn, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Have uh, a good one. All right, thanks you too. And uh, we have a minute or so here, and so yeah, catch our breath. We'll take we'll take one minute here before we learn more about our standout athlete of the week. But Coach Marone, to this point, anything that has caught your attention here tonight? Well, I'll tell you what uh, what has caught my attention. We led in talking about some of the tournaments. I don't think people realize how blessed and fortunate we are. I mean, I, I think Brad Knapper uh, kind of epitomized me. You're talking about somebody, I'm sure it's on a bus or a vehicle <laughs> heading from Wheeling, going to play in the Armory tomorrow night right. in that uh, event down there. And, of course, Chapmanville, one of the premier teams in Class AA, defending state champs. They've got the, you know, uh, big-time players and talent. But, you know, here's somebody that has put I don't know how many miles in the last 48 hours because he loves the game. He's wanting to play top-level competition. And I just think it's the tournaments. Yeah, it's after the, quote, holiday tournament time, Joe. But, my goodness, when you look across the state going on this weekend, boys, girls, north, south, I don't care where you're at. Yeah, if you want to be immersed in high school basketball, uh, this is the time to do it. And that, excuse me, that cancer research classic was on ESPN3. So, you know, a lot of people sitting around watching that one this morning as well. I also believe those are on demand after they're played. So I believe if you yeah. have an ESPN3, uh, or if you have you have access to ESPN3, mm-hmm. which is basically if you have ESPN3, your cable company, you have access to the, right. the streaming service. You can just pull up the game right now and watch I mean, Chapman he rattled Bill, off how, many, Park, how many first-round draft picks that have played in that event, <laughs> exactly. and it's right there uh, going on this weekend. And then, like I said, uh, with what's going on at the Armory down there with the, with that classic, and then on to uh, Logan tomorrow, Luke Creasy hitting the road tomorrow, and uh, Ryan maybe putting some maybe. miles in as well. Maybe. I may as well. I may as well. I'm a, a game-time decision. I am, too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm uh, going to run through pregame and see how I feel right, if right. I'm able to get And there's an undefeated <laughs> boys team that plays tomorrow night as well, Logan and Mann, and a lot Logan County uh, battle up at Maine. A lot of rivalry games. So. Yeah, all across that great action tonight. Again, tell the fire marshal the game's another day because they're going <laughs> to fill that place up yeah. tomorrow for that one. Uh, but right now it's time to meet our standout athlete of the week. And normally we would have uh, Wesley Steele with us, but he was unable to join us tonight. Our standout athlete of the week this week is Gage Huffman of Tyler Consolidated. He's a young man who 
um, is averaging a little bit more than 14 points per game. He had a 26-point performance against Valley Wetzel. He was held in check earlier this week against Magnolia. You just heard Terry Malone talk about that. But a lot of the things that Gage Huffman is known for happen off the floor and things he does with his community. And here to tell us more about our standout athlete of the week, Gage Huffman of Tyler Consolidated, Wesley Steele, has more. Upon being drafted in 2007 by the Seattle Supersonics, Kevin Durant was asked by ESPN's Stuart Scott what his favorite quote, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard, meant to him. Durant responded that nothing will happen for you if you don't keep working hard every day. And this drive to keep working, no matter what, when, or where, is a hallmark of this week's Standout Athlete of the Week, Gage Huffman, who showcases what talent may accomplish through hard work, both on and off the court. Gage Huffman has thoroughly prepared to assume a greater role for this year's Tyler Consolidated Knights since their loss in the sectional finals a season ago. Going from a respectable junior season when Huffman averaged more than seven points, plus nearly three rebounds and assists per game, he's almost doubled all of those totals while becoming a leader who his teammates follow. His coach, Stephen Nutter, credits his work ethic and readiness to do whatever is needed of him. Last year he was more of a facilitator. This year he's happened to be a scorer, a main scorer, a facilitator. But also with the strength he's put in the weight room, he's also had to make sure he gets back down there, boxes out, pounding with the bigs, make sure he gets bored. So stats all the way around. He's been a multifaceted basketball player this year. And being the senior leader he has, he's taken on those roles with no hesitation. He's got after it when he needs to score late in games. He's really tried to score when he needs to facilitate and get everybody else going. He's done that. He's taken on all roles that as needed for him to be, whether the game's providing it. This change in Huffman at Tyler Consolidated is not confined to only the basketball court, but also is noticed on the baseball diamond and the football field. Huffman was an all-conference center fielder for the Knights baseball team during his junior year, as well as a second-team All-State punter and all-conference quarterback this past fall. Coach Nutter is confident that he is not alone in asserting that Huffman's contributions go farther than what fans observe on the court, field, or diamond. He's definitely matured over the last year, and he's turned into that leader. I think football coach Ryan Walton and baseball coach Robbie Jones have said the same thing. He's taken on different roles, which is helping all the teams to get to that next level and achieve greater things than we have in the past. Outside of the realm of athletics, Huffman has accrued a 4.0 GPA and is involved with National Honor Society and Future Farmers of America. But he says his passion for reaching out to youngsters in his community is just as important to him. I think it's really important that we get the youth involved. When I was a kid, going to clinics and like the older guys, I, that was one of the highlights of my childhood just being around all the older guys, because I view them all as role models. Coach Nutter suggests that Huffman has accepted being a role model with seemingly no hesitation, not only to young campers, but also to the younger players on his team. He demonstrates how a leader and outstanding community member is supposed to behave. Huffman currently is undecided where he will attend college or what his major will be after graduating from Tyler Consolidated, but he is certain that wherever life takes him, he plans to play college baseball so as to embark upon his ultimate desired destination, the major leagues. Nevertheless, before his basketball career turns its final page, Huffman intends to at least win the sectional tournament and then prepare for what happens at the regional tournament. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Wesley Steele. Thanks Thanks so much, Wesley. And we're going to go right back to the phone lines now. Mark Witt is one of the people who takes uh, care of the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. Uh, It's been a one of, the, one of the great events in southern West Virginia and, and a, an event that has uh, had a little back and forth here the last couple of days, but I think it's all sorted out now. 
And, and Mark, first, thanks so much for joining us. I always enjoy talking about the Hatfield McCoy shootout. I want to thank you guys for you know spreading the word and a lot of good things for our youth down here in Southern West Virginia. Those games back at the Williamson Fieldhouse this year, correct? That is correct. Where it should be. I mean, that's a uh, yeah historical place, and my brother had a lot of you know a lot of uh, time and investment there down in Williamson, West Virginia, at the uh, at the Fieldhouse. But uh, we're back in we're back at the Fieldhouse, and uh, got some great games on Friday and Saturday, and uh, hopefully bring some uh, economic development and tourism projects down into West Virginia, Southern West Virginia, specifically. This is go go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, it starts out on Friday evening at five o'clock and goes all the way, uh, you know, till late Saturday night. So, and you've got some great teams on tap this year, as you as you have in the past. It is, and we're blessed that these teams come down. They, you know, they enjoy playing in historical field south. Uh, you know, we see Jerry West and Al Greer and those guys playing in this place. It's. Uh, you know, it's a special thing for you guys. And I want to, first of all, I want to thank you guys for promoting this thing. Without you guys getting this word out to, you know, to help promote the things in southern West Virginia, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be possible. But uh, we appreciate basketball Friday night. Was there a possibility of a venue change? Uh, I'd gotten some information they were going to play up on Minor Mountain, but then I heard it had been moved back to Williamson. Well, that's true. Uh there was some uh, there were some things going on at both places, and you know they had a change of directors down to Fieldhouse, and uh, there was some lack of communication, and you know we we just tried to see what was going to go on with both places, and and looking at you know looking at both venues, you know you got a modern venue and you had a historical venue, and then uh, I want to. You know, I want to thank Steve Wilson and the park board down there for, you know, coming back and working with us to uh, to keep this thing at, at the uh, field house. You know, this thing started back with the Massey Invitational guys. And, uh, you know, Massey sponsored everything. Nobody had to go out and, and had to raise money for anything to pay the teams and pay for the food, pay for the T-shirts, and all the all the amenities we give to the teams that come in. And uh, here the last couple of years, it's been pretty tough with having a, a major sponsorship. And, you know, again, we, 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 we want to thank uh, Jeff Simpkins Law Office for, for doing what they do, but it doesn't cover everything. And uh, this year, uh, when they had a change of directors and they didn't have an absentee person there, uh, there was nobody to talk to, so we decided to go to Minor Mountain and uh, try to help the baseball team up there uh, complete their baseball field. And then uh, some things went on there that uh, that you know it, it it wasn't in the best interest of everyone. So we we got back with Steve Wilson and he got with the board of directors at the uh, Wilson Park Board, and uh, we're back where the event I think should be held. Uh, they've lost some events down there for various reasons, and we're hoping we can continue to make a positive out of this building. You know, number one, because it's a great venue to have basketball. There's a lot of history there from Howard Greer to Jerry West to Willie Akers and those guys that played in that place. And then, you know, my you know, my brother had a lot of things to do with down there. So, uh, you know, it's a, this is a place that we feel like it should be. 
and we just want to make sure that you know our kids are benefiting and and our and our communities are benefiting. And we're back at the field house, and I think uh, most most of the teams are pleased with that. Some aren't, uh, but we'll try to get the uh, the things that were corrected that are uncorrected from last year corrected the years in 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 the future. And uh, Stephen has assured us that they would uh, sit down and talk to us at the end of this year and uh, make sure things taken care of. Four games next Friday, six games on Saturday, all day long at the Williamson Fieldhouse, a historic venue, one of the great venues of high school basketball in West Virginia. Mark Witt, thanks so much for joining us, and always a pleasure to talk about this event with you. Thank you. And, you know, I understand that we got a bunch of good, uh, you know, good athletes coming in here. You know, we got kids from uh, Phelps and Pikeville and Shelby Valley. It's D1 players coming in. We got. Uh, you know, we got commitments from 21 uh, colleges coming in to uh, come in and, and uh, look at these kids. So uh, we hope to have a great event for, you know, not only for the kids but for our communities. Thank you guys so much for helping us. Hey, and thank you again. That's Mark with the Hatfield McCoy shootout begins next Friday. We'll do that schedule for you real fast before we go to break. Friday, five o'clock next week. Beth Haven against Scott, six thirty. Hurricane against Westside, eight o'clock. Phelps and Mingo Central, nine thirty. Tug Valley and Wyoming East. And we know that sometimes those games do end up getting bumped back a little bit. Yeah. And then Saturday, one thirty. Wayne plays Phelps, Kentucky. At three, it will be Scott and East Ridge, Kentucky. At 4.30, South Charleston plays Shelby Valley, Kentucky. At 6, it will be Spring Valley and Wyoming East. At 7.30, Tug Valley plays Pikeville, Kentucky. And at 9, Belfry, Kentucky plays Mingo Central. Belfry High School, by the way, is you could almost hit it with a rock from Williamson. Right. It's that close to the uh, border there. So uh, all those games at the historic Williamson Fieldhouse next week. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg as well as head coach Jerry Robertson of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. Sorry about last week, still. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia every day. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free. 1-855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can text the show at 304-249-4924. Text the show, 304-249-4924. 
Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect to the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Shout out to some of our latest Twitter followers, including Jeffrey Tucker, Janine Branch, Zachary Dingus, McKee, Anthony, and Vesid. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 39 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe linville coach rick marone of the tulsa lady rebels joining us here tonight happy to have you along with us as well and um, we're going to go right back to the phones because we've still got a lot to get in tonight and Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, along with head coach Jared Robertson of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers, join us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, Mike, first off, I have got Cavaliers right and will get it right forever. I don't know what happened last week when the word Spartans just rolled out of my mouth, and I apologize for that greatly. But nonetheless, uh, a big win today for the Spart. Uh, there we go. Uh, again. I was kidding. I was kidding. I'm kidding. Big win today for the Greenbrier West Cavaliers over uh, Montcalm. I don't know what he. I think you're trying to tease us here. A little bit. I'm making fun of myself, actually. Yeah. Well, we we are proud to be Cavaliers here in Charm Coast. So, uh, yeah, Greenbrier West uh, off to a five and zero start. Uh, Really hot out of the gates tonight. Uh, Twelve to nothing run to start the game. Montcalm didn't get on the board until it was three forty-five left to go in the first quarter. Cavaliers. Uh, Caden Pack hit four first quarter three pointers. Uh, Cavaliers led it twenty to nine at the end of one, thirty-six seventeen at the half, and uh, cruised on through the second half for a seventy-five forty-three win. I talk about Caden Pack every week when I get on here, and uh, as the games have progressed, he's just he's just beginning to heat up. He had 31 points tonight. Lawson Vaughn, another kid that I've bragged about, to be frank, uh, had 14 points and nine rebounds tonight. Chase Hagee, our only senior member, he poured in 14 points. For three or four games, the Cavaliers have been averaging, uh, putting four kids in double figures. Now, we had one starter out tonight, Chase Boggs, but a lot of role players stepped in and, and did a nice job. You know, this Cavalier team, uh, they're averaging over 77 points a game. We're holding the opposition to 46 points. And I heard you guys there as we were going to uh, – a break last week talking about the the week between games and we have another week between tonight's game and our next game but I was talking to uh, Coach Robertson uh, at the end of our broadcast tonight about it and he can get into it a little bit more here with you in just a moment but uh, he had some other things planned on the schedule and uh, we were asked to move some games for some opponents and uh, Coach Robertson one of the uh, nicest people that you'll meet in the state uh our athletic director and he's going to accommodate people if he can and and he did that and that's that's why our schedule started out this way 
and Coach Ro- uh, Jared Robertson of, of Greenbrier West, we have you on the phone as well. And what he's alluding to with the schedule is uh, you play tonight, you get the win. Don't play again for a week. But basically between December 17th and January 10th, you're looking at only three games. And is there any concern with that? Hey, guys, this is Coach Robertson. Coach Goddard passed the phone over to me. <laughs> yeah. I caught the end of your question okay, there. I'll, 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 I can re-ask it here. Definitely, yeah, definitely some concern. Um, like Coach said, we had moved a couple games helping other people out, which is fine. Um, we knew we were going to have a lot of young guys. We lost five seniors, so it didn't concern me too bad because I knew we needed practice time to get ready. But I told our guys we need to get healthy. We had a kid out with the flu tonight and – um, actually, two kids out, a backup also out with the flu, and some other guys I'm afraid is battling it. So hopefully the next week we can get healthy, and, and after that we start rolling to two or three games every week. And, and you talk about kind of getting into that. You have uh, games upcoming with another, you know, a second game with Pocahontas County a week from today. Uh, you've already played and defeated them. Then you get Summers County, um, you know, Meadow Bridge, and then in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational. So uh, there, there's still a, a, a lot of basketball to be played, and I, I'm sure to this point you're happy with your team's progress, though, correct? Well, we've had a great start. Um, I was telling the guys on the radio tonight, we don't always play well. In fact, a lot there's a lot of times we don't play well, but our effort has been so hard. You know, we're full-court pressing a lot every game, and, and our kids are just giving extreme effort, and they're playing well together, and, and I've just been so proud of how they've, how they've responded to our youth and and Chase Hagee, our one senior, has been a great leader for these young kids and and it's really been exciting. We had a big crowd in the gym tonight, and I think our fans are appreciating how hard our kids play. And coach, something I think's um, interesting is that for for a program that's already long established, you know, state tournament bursts are, are kind of old hat. But you know, Greenbrier West hadn't been to the state tournament since 1992 before last year when it won the class AA state championship that year. And now you've at least, you know, starting out 5-0, and you've done all you can do to this point this year. Uh, how difficult is it to keep the kids from being kind of focused on all, all about last year when you get a taste of it and, and kind of keep that toward, hey, you know, we want to make this an every year thing versus, hey, we just have one really good group of kids go through. Well, I think the kids that we had playing last year, first of all, have a bad taste in their mouth because they feel like we let one get away in Charleston. Um, you know, it's easy for me to say it, but our kids feel like we had the team that could have been in Webster County's place at the end. Um, but, you know, we let things go in the state tournament, and I think that, that bad taste in our kids that are returning has helped. And then our young kids have, I think, heard the whispers of, writing us off before the season started and I think they were anxious to to get better and honestly we had a great summer we played a lot in the three-week period and and our kids worked hard to get better and and I think kids are really accepting their roles and and honestly it's been fun and we're not a great basketball team right now we've got a long ways to go but they're they're just had such a great start and I think they're excited to work to get better the head coach Jared Robertson of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers, 5-0 and after defeating Montcalm today. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Mike Goddard, WRLB, for joining us as well. And um, always look forward to talking with you about Greenbrier West basketball. Yeah, guys, thank you for your show, and thank you for your student athlete. I heard Coach Nutter on there talking about his kid. Coach Nutter is a good friend of mine, and, 
and they do a great job. And I've heard him talk about that kid. And, and thanks to you guys for recognizing those student-athletes every week. Uh, hey, we greatly appreciate it. And thank you for all you do for high school basketball yes, in the state as well. That's Jared Robertson, head coach of Greenbrier West, and also Mike Goddard, WRLB, there as well. I always love talking basketball with them. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, their they're program's successful right now. You know, they're, they're the other half of Greenbrier County, <laughs> kind of like Boone. It's kind of split. So <laughs> Greenbrier's kind of the same way. Yeah, I tell you what, you, you hit it on the head. It was a great question. Uh, how did they you know, respond after last year? Because the, a lot of those key pieces gone, but some of those kids are back. And coaching changed there and Charm Co. And, and they were probably written off a little bit, to be honest with you. So I think they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And you can say it doesn't matter, but he mentioned the bad taste in their mouth after watching right. Webster County run the table. Uh, they're hungry and excited, you can tell. It's great to hear that. And they're looking forward to watching the Cavaliers this year. Sometimes being the dark horse you know, pays off in the long run. Yeah, And we do want to thank them for this Greenbrier West jersey yes. that sits in front of us here. Jordan Brand On the, on the right basketballnight.com set on the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia set. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Dave Morrison of Super, Super Dave, Dave Sports. I think he's just kind of rented out space at the uh, Raleigh County Armory and uh, enjoyed. He's probably got a motel got his room own over suite. There. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the Dave Morrison suite. And then West McKinney, W A E Y in Princeton. He had the Princeton Nicholas County game tonight. All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. Of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video coming from Marshall University Studios on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. Just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live. Go to the Basketball Friday Night Facebook page, and you can watch us on Facebook Live. We're also on Periscope, on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And if you're on cable, well, in the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25 at Armstrong Digital Channel 204. And we want you to send in your pictures. If you're watching right now, you see all the pictures of the games and the fans around the Mountain State. Send your pics to us. On Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also send this to us on our Facebook page. And you can send by email. Email them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and their fans and become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A big thank you to all the radio stations, as we mentioned, carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington, 90.7 FM, WFGH in Fort K, 101.1 FM, WV, WPLP, Wayne, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, and 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.50 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We roll toward winding down hour number two of the fastest three hours in radio. This is, again, Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll talk with Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton in just a moment. Uh, but first, let's go back to the phones. We're a good buddy from Region 3. Covers all aspects of Region 3 basketball. He is also the man behind SuperDaySports.com. Ladies and gentlemen, now joining us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com. Dave! What a spectacular few days of basketball you've covered. I really have. You know, I was uh, up over the uh, Super Dave Suite. That's one of those pay by hours. Uh, Surely they don't charge you. <laughs> well, you know, I maybe get it. I, I get an hour or two free once a week. There you go. Uh, yeah, great basketball at the Army. I know you talked to some of the coaches involved uh, in that uh tournament, the New River CTC tournament, Invitational, um, put on by uh, New River College, old career and technical college. I want to get that right. Mike Green uh, do, does a great job with his second year of the tournament. I know they're going to uh, expand it a little bit, maybe even more next year. It expanded to three days this year, and it's been a really, a really great tournament, uh, great basketball. I think you talked to Ronnie Olson, correct? Yes. Did you talk? You talked to him this evening. They had a great win over a great comeback win over Wyoming East last night. Uh, and Wyoming East is a team that really, really needs a win. I mean, they missed three, run into the one and one and one. And uh, another, <laughs> I've never seen a team that presses against a team that plays zone. The team that presses has zero fouls, and the team that is in the zone has nine fouls. So. <laughs> That yeah, is interesting how that works, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's, uh, I know that's. And I think that uh, in if, in retrospect, I think Wyoming makes his free throws down the down the stretch, but you miss three straight one on one before Shady even had. A, well, I think they had two possessions, two empty possessions. Wyoming East goes to the line three straight times, can't make that one and one, and that uh, you know that's a that's a dagger when you're. When you're going for a win, and there's a team that really needs one. Some good girls basketball. Uh, Wyoming East won today uh, over Westside, their county rival. Scott, uh, and that was a girls game. And Sky Davidson made her return from a. She was out two games with an injury. Um, great shooting by Hannah Blankenship from Wyoming East. Get this stat: three, six of six on three point shots. And I think you talked to Angie Monzini. She might have passed that along. But Really great shooting and clutch situations for her, and uh, just it's, there, there's going to be some really great basketball tomorrow. And the Chapmanville is going to be in this tournament. And uh, you guys talked to anybody from Chapmanville today? Oh, you yeah. know where they were this, uh, this afternoon? Uh, they, they were they were wheeling. Were wheeling yes, uh, they're going to make they're going to make the they're going to make the trip down to Beckley and uh, offer some rates over at the Super Day Suite. So <laughs> they should get some. Uh, I know Coach Napier really appreciates that. They'll, they'll be playing Bluefield tomorrow night. Wyoming East and Westside, always a great battle here in Wyoming County. 
they're going to take that up to the armory as they uh, they typically do that every year in the section tournament anyway every now and then one of them won't be there but usually they meet up in beckley anyway but they're going to do it a little earlier and probably have four meetings this year but uh that that game's going on tomorrow you've got shady spring taking on Greenbrier east that'll be interesting i think Greenbrier east has got a little size this shady spring team i mean what they do uh, what they've done is just incredible. It has to be, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, is that not one of the best stories in, in the state this year, what they've done so far? I, I, I believe to this point, absolutely it is. And, of course, Tommy Williams is one of their star players. I asked Ronnie Olson last night. This is this is really interesting. He, <laughs> I asked him, do you think the third way through your season – can you make a case that Tommy Williams is player of the year? And he gave me all the normal stuff, you know, hard player, scores, points, clutch player. Did you know he also does a little coaching? Really? <laughs> yeah. Coach Olson told me sometimes, he said, you've been with me four years. You know this team as well as I do. He said two times, I think twice in the Wyoming East game. He said, go ahead. Uh, you know, you know what, you know this team as well as I do and you know, if you think you see something out there, go ahead and talk to the team. And he does it. I mean, if you, you know, I mean, maybe a coaching uh, career for this young man in his future, but uh, not only a great player, averaging about 25 points a game. I think he's got 22 threes. He's shooting about 80% from the free throw line. So, uh, you know, I, I think you can make the case. And there are a lot of great players around the state, though. And uh, that'll be, that. Rem- you know, it'll remain to be seen. So a lot of good basketball there today, yesterday, and more tomorrow. And uh, Dave covers it for SuperDaySports.com. And, and if you're just following along on Twitter, at SDD Sports, correct? Yeah, we'll have all that. We have Independence with the win today. Big um, night for Atticus Goodson, 17 rebounds. We had two players over 20. They finally got a win. You were talking with uh, King Coach Robertson about taking some time off. In this tournament, two teams, Independence, hadn't played since December 20th, got the victory. Woodrow hadn't played, I think, since the girls. Woodrow girls hadn't played since December 20th, got the victory. So maybe maybe teams should take a couple weeks off and uh, play, play, and then come back and play a game. They've, they've had some success that in this tournament. Yeah, maybe that's the uh, that's the calling card right you know, there. I would I would hate that though. I mean, it can't you know they'd have to they'd have to stagger these games. you got to have something going on. It's Dave Morrison, com, covering Region 3 and covering all the action in the Raleigh County Armory for basically the past two weeks now. Dave, we've got to go. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. Happy New Year to you guys. Same thing. Thanks to you as well. We'll get to Wes McKinney after the break because we're right up against a hard break right now, which means, by the way, for terminology purposes, hard break means we have to take the break <laughs> at that specific time. So, uh, because it's the top of the hour. Because it's the top of the hour, exactly. So we'll talk with Wes McKinney of WAEY in Princeton about the Princeton Tigers. We'll also talk with Sam Blizzard. You know, the two Hardy County schools played tonight in boys basketball. Might be a shocker to you, right? East Hardy and Moorfield always seem to play on Fridays. A lot of that. All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 
Big thank you to all of the great radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia. You can listen in on 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney from 92.5 FM WZAC Madison Danville. And we're on Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer. 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Mate One. We're on 105 KQV, WKQV, Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. We're on 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher on the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, 98.1 FM, WVLY, Moundsville. 92.5 FM WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. We're on Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG, Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Lentside, 106.7 FM. 95 The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. We're on the Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. And the Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD Hinton. And we're on 98.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund, Beckley. Thinking about joining the Marshall family? Visit marshall.edu slash tour and schedule a visit today. You can join us at one of our green and white days and see what being a son or daughter of Marshall means. You'll visit with administration and staff and see what Marshall has to offer. Can't make it for green and white day? Schedule a visit to one of our daily tours and get a personal look at Marshall's campus. To register for a visit to campus, go to marshall.edu slash tour or call 1-877-GO-HERD-1. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. We welcome you back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Hour 3 of the program. We will get you a full scoreboard update in just a moment, but we've had our good buddy Wes McKinney on hold for long enough. Let's bring him to the program. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Princeton boys basketball team is now 8-2 and two after a win over Nicholas County today. Wes, playing good basketball right now. Yeah, guys, uh, Princeton, 92 points a season high against Nicholas County. I knew Princeton would, would had a decent shot of beating Nicholas, but I, I didn't think they'd win by 33 points and put up a season high on points. And ironically, Princeton's 92 points comes on the one-year anniversary of them scoring 100 last season in a game at home against Paswell out of, out of Virginia. But uh, Eric Lester, the guy that does – the caller with me for all Princeton basketball games. We were talking on our way to Beckley today. It seems like 
first week of January, Princeton's starting to find its its groove a little bit, not just because they're winning games, but it feels like they've found a, a, about a solid nine-man rotation that's really beginning to work for Princeton. They, they used a couple of different starting lineups during these last run of games, and I, I know that Dave was talking about Woodrow girls and Independence boys having all this time off. Prince is playing like an NBA schedule right now. I mean, I think it's like five games in eight days or something right now for Princeton. But, uh, you know, I guess when you're playing well, you want to keep playing and not take the break like Princeton does. And they're right back at it tomorrow up at the Armory against Mercer Christian, a team that Princeton hasn't played in, I think it's three years. They played them uh, back in 2000, and uh, it would have been 16 17 season at the uh, at the Princeton Christmas tournament, but uh, see what Princeton does here, and then they got a rematch coming up on Tuesday against Bluefield, which is by far I think Princeton's best win to date through this season. Yes, Princeton did defeat Bluefield a little bit earlier this season uh, by a final score of 65-63 in the Princeton tournament. They'll play their regular season game in Princeton on Tuesday night, and then t- but tomorrow. I just dropped stuff. There we go. I'm just throwing stuff around here. Don't, don't mind me. Uh, Princeton will take on Mercer Christian tomorrow. You mentioned that NBA-type schedule. Uh, West staying hydrated. I mean, for, I mean, obviously it's hard on the kids, but it's hard on you too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not only is Princeton playing an NBA schedule. Right now they're scoring like an NBA team. <laughs> I mean – these, I mean, I mean, these games are like a, like forty yard dashes, like in segments, though. Um, but but no, I'm, I mean, really, I mean, Princeton's going to find out who they are coming up here in the next couple weeks. As I mentioned, the the rematch with Bluefield, and uh, I don't, obviously don't want to take anything away from Princeton that win because that was a huge win. But I don't know if Bluefield played their best game of the year. I mean, Sean Martin only had three points and three rebounds. He fought foul trouble and. Princeton did a pretty good job on, on Braden Cruz, so it'll be interesting to see what happens um, coming up on Tuesday night. And then a couple weeks later, a big uh, a big sectional matchup against Greenbrier East, a team that's struggling a little bit right now, but those are always good battles. So, yeah, Princeton is 6-2, and two, and they're playing really good basketball right now. But uh, I think, you know, by about Martin Luther King weekend, I think we're going to really know where the Tigers stand. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y, and Princeton, the voice of the Tigers, who pick up a big win tonight over Nicholas County. Wes? Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks so much. Again, that's Wes McKinney. Always a, a pleasure to talk to him. We'll, we will talk to Sam Blizzard of WELD in Petersburg in just a moment. We'll also talk with Gage Huffman, our standout athlete of the week from Tyler Consolidated, a little bit later on the program. Right now, it's time for a long overdue basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Coach Marone. You have the boys' score. Let's get right into it and get after it here. Basketballnight.com scoreboard update. As Ryan mentioned, a one-stop shop, and we are just about fully loaded here on the boys' side. All of these are finals. First up, Wheeling Park falls tonight to Chapmanville. The Tigers 61-48 winners in Wheeling tonight. Uh, James Monroe falls to Liberty Raleigh 59-44. The Liberty Raleigh Raiders with the win. Princeton 92-59 over Nicholas County. Independence gets a 74-47 win tonight. And continues to, uh, they got a win over Pocahontas tonight. Big win for the Patriots. Oak Hill 61, Webster County 52. Two in a row dropped for the Highlanders. Moorfield 69, East Hardy 56. Ryan mentioned that cross-county battle there. And uh, the Yellow Jackets get the win in the first meeting. St. Albans 57-45 winner over Musselman. 70 
to 40 the win south harrison over the union tigers preston wins by two over john marshall 65 63 the knights with the win bealsville ohio gets knocked off tonight madonna goes on the road gets a 77 72 win over bealsville frankfurt the falcons fly to a 66 37 win over berkeley springs clay county falls tonight braxton county the eagles 83 to 74 winners little surprising the the gap here charleston catholic they're five and one they get a 72 to 51 over st joe that's st joe's first loss uh, in boys they lose uh, to charleston catholic tonight fairmont senior over east fairmont 55 to 48 in that one in a big matchup across uh, across town really north marion 56 29 winners over elkins greenbrier west we talked about earlier the cavaliers 75 43 winners over montcalm jefferson the cougars uh, defeat hampshire 71 to 64 tonight lincoln county panthers a nice win over scott 64 to 49 mount view the golden knights win by 19 over mercer christian academy 55 to 36 is the final in that one also tonight, Logan, 64, Mingo Central, 48, University, the Mohawk Bowl, basketball style, 49-46, University over Morgantown. Woodrow, Wilson, the Flying Eagles get a win over Parkersburg tonight, 65-55. to Polka with a big win tonight, 77-52 over their big rivals, Winfield. Uh, the Generals fall short tonight. It's Polka, 77, Winfield, 52. Parkersburg Catholic, 65, Ravenswood, 46, Huntington, a tight win but yet a win huntington high win 67 64 over ripley tonight ritchie county 62 tyler consolidated 41 riverview the raiders 76 sherman 69 south charleston 67 64 over parkersburg south and cabell midland a big win at spring valley tonight 79 to 56 the final in that one notre dame comes from behind defeats trinity 67 to 52 kaiser the golden tornado Whirl their way to a 72-36 win over Tucker County tonight. Tuck Valley, a big rivalry win at home over Tulsa, 79-63. And Racine Southern rolls over Wahama. The White Falcons still winless at 63-29 the final in that one. And that's a look at your boys' scores. Girls' scores from throughout West Virginia tonight, or that's actually throughout the day, Wyoming East avenges an earlier loss to Westside as the Lady Warriors get the win, 60-51. to Skylar Davidson back from injury. 13 assists on 17 made baskets for Wyoming East. She had 13 assists. She made one basket alone, so only 16 possibilities. <laughs> Hannah Blankenship was 6 of 6 from three-point range and had 21 points in the win for Wyoming East. Also in the loss for Westside, Michaela Morgan quietly had 9 assists in the game. So some good, good performances from mm-hmm. that one. Also in girls basketball, Chapmanville defeats Summers County tonight in Logan, 62-49 the final. Host Logan nearly doubles up Scott. The Wildcats get the win, 70-36. It was Charleston Catholic defeating Buffalo, 29-26. Greenbrier West defeats Montcalm, 41-23. Herbert Hoover improves to 6-3. The Huskies defeat Liberty Raleigh, 80-21. It was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Calvary Christian, 29-27. Also tonight, Gilmer County defeats Doddridge County, 63-49. Looking forward to seeing the Titans next Saturday. Also, Lewis County defeats Nicholas County, 48-37. Ritchie County, a 44-21 winner over Payton City. Nitro with a big win over Sissonville tonight, 82-49. Clay Battelle CBs are 4-2 after a 
50 to 36 win over South Harrison. It was Parkersburg Catholic 70, Williamstown 37. Cabell Midland remains unbeaten. They're unbeaten in both boys and girls basketball. The Knights get the win tonight over Winfield 72 61. First loss for the Generals. Greenbrier East gets a double double from Amaya Damon 19 points, 10 rebounds. And Calissa Lacey scores her 1,000th career point as the Spartans defeat Green, defeat George Washington tonight, 67-61. It was Morgantown picking up a 61-25 win over John Marshall. Lincoln defeats Bridgeport, 55-44. Petersburg, 45. Elkins, 25. Pocahontas County defeats Midland Trail, 66-49. Liberty Harrison defeats Union, 45-38. As a check of your basketballnight.com, girls scores. Let's go right back to the phones. We don't have any time to breathe around here, Coach. No. No timeouts. you're in top condition. No timeouts. No 30-second timeouts. We play through these runs. We play through That's it. Right. You're not going to take a break. You're going to plow forward. That's right. And we go to Sam Blizzard, <laughs> W-E-L-D in Petersburg. Had the Moorfield East Hardy Boys game tonight. And it was a win for the Yellow Jackets, 69-56. And, Sam, when those two teams get together, always interesting. And tonight, Moorfield a little bit better. Very interesting. 51 total fouls tonight. Five disqualifications. This was a game that was tied at 11 at the end of the first quarter. Moorfield scores 34 points in the second quarter to go up 45-21. to East Hardy ends up cutting the lead down to four late in the ball game, but could not get any closer. But uh, just another wild bite in Hardy County basketball. Oh, yeah, just your typical <laughs> East Hardy Moorfield game right there. Uh, so I can't was played out on the football field. <laughs> Such wild swings and momentum, too. Oh, it was. At, uh, you know, Moorfield pretty much owned the second quarter. And East Hardy um, pretty much owned the third, able to uh, cut the end of that lead. Thomas Williams with 27 points tonight for Moorfield. He had 41 back on Saturday night in the consolation game of the Petersburg Holiday Tournament. So he's having a pretty big week. Moorfield now 4-1 and one, playing at Strasburg, Virginia tomorrow afternoon. And uh, yeah, kind of a quick turnaround, and not just regards to the game, but Friday, Saturday. But haven't played that many games at this point. Only five games in so far for Moorfield, as opposed to East Hardy, who has now played ten. Right, and uh, you know, it's none of it's weather related. Weather's been all you could ask for over here in December, and January. It's just just the way the schedule works out. But uh, we got a big one in Moorfield next Friday night as Moorfield uh, hosts Pendleton County. Pendleton County, I believe, five and zero on the season, so that should be a good one. Yes, and then that's the uh, one blemish on the Moorfield. Uh, ledger so far. I, I was I spoke incorrectly. It was six games in for East Hardy. So both teams kind of still early on the season. That means a lot of games uh, in, in a short amount of time throughout the rest of the regular season. Sam Blizzard, WELD in Petersburg, had that Moorfield win over East Hardy tonight. Sam, always a pleasure. Yep, thank you guys. All right, and we're going to right now, let's step aside right now and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about our standout athlete of the week. We'll have our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll talk with Chris Kidd. Who knows what games he's seen this week. (laughs) He was totally out of kilter tonight. Yeah, we'll we'll talk with Chris. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
This is High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the texts, calls, scores. We really appreciate everybody sending us in everything on your team's game. Hey, Marshall's sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey today. Learn more by going to marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Once again, thanks for joining us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Some of our latest followers on Twitter include Jeannie Branch, Zachary Dingus, McLeave, uh, Vesed, Anthony, Stacy Goins, Devin, Jeffrey Tucker. We appreciate you following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Join us on the phone tonight, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. And we want you to text the show, too, and you can send text all throughout the week with updates on your team's games. You can text us scores, 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the only place to be on Friday nights for high school basketball. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-16 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. Happy to have you along on this Friday, January 3rd, 2020. Hope you and yours had a happy New Year's and uh, welcoming in the new year, hopefully with a basketball game somewhere tonight. <laughs> uh, many teams across the state of West Virginia in action. Only one game played involving a West Virginia school that was not within state boundaries tonight. That is... It's an interesting little factoid. Very interesting. And based on the last few weeks where you all have been trying to grab an atlas for right, uh, to right. figure out where people were at, uh, it's probably a little more relaxing for you this week. Yeah, I don't have to wait on somebody to call from Dixie Stampede in <laughs> Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I won't tell you where I was at in Dixie Stampede. I was not on the back of a wild Bronco, by the way. But uh, interesting a couple weeks. And uh, I saw Joe's name scratched into the wall there. And the, the men's room there. He'd still there. How about that? All right, moving right along. This week's uh, we'll get with Bo Anderson, our resident referee, in just a moment. We'll also talk with Chris Kidd, who had the call of St. Joe Charleston Catholic boys basketball tonight. That wasn't in Logan County. No. I'm confused. We'll talk more with him in a moment as well. But first, let's introduce you to our standout athlete of the week. He is a senior from Tyler Consolidated High School. He averages 14.6 rebounds, 4 assists, nearly 2 steals per game. Earlier this year, had a 26-point effort against Valley Wetzel. Also an all-conference quarterback. And perhaps better at baseball 
than either football or basketball. So at least a three-sport athlete who also spends a lot of his time helping children learn the sports and the game as well. He is Gage Huffman of Tyler Consolidated. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Gage, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. It means a lot. Hey, all right, so let's talk about uh, a little bit about basketball first. A tough loss earlier this week to Magnolia, uh, a pretty good Magnolia team. Just tell me a little bit about that game and, and how your team's season has been to this point. Uh, it was definitely a tough game. Magnolia's a tough opponent, a bit tough sectional opponent. Uh, we just didn't – at the beginning, we started off slow. Emotion wasn't there. and It, was, it ended up being a low-scoring defensive game. But uh, there were some positives to that game um, that we can look off of and build on for the rest of the season. And, and again, that's a tough game to come off of, but you're averaging 14 points per game this season. Uh, Really, uh, as it says here, basically you fill out every part of the stat sheet. A good number of rebounds and assists per game as well. Uh, Just tell me a little bit about being in a leadership role for that basketball program after being the quarterback for the football program. Well, yeah. I mean... Being a point, being a point guard. I mean, I guess you can, can I guess you can say it's somewhat being like being a point guard. You got to run the floor. As being a quarterback, you got to run your offense. So, I mean, my job mainly resides in uh, getting my get my teammates open, but then scoring whenever I see the chance. Hey, Gage, understand uh, maybe baseball might be uh, one of your better sports. Understand you got a couple offers to play at the next level. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I like to. I like to say baseball is one of my best sports. Uh, I've been playing ever since I was around three years old, playing t-ball. Now I've been playing for, uh, been playing summer ball, just trying to get better throughout the summer. You play three sports, and I mean, in this age of day, where as adults we see it more from a different perspective, but a lot of kids kind of specializing more and more. Um, not playing, you know, kind of missing out on playing various sports growing up. How important do you feel it is to play multiple sports? Well, I mean, it's it's really important because, like, if you play sports year-round, I mean, you're becoming more of an athlete that way. Like football, you got to do – it's a grind. I mean, you're lifting. You're, you got to be eating right. You got to be hydrating. And I just think playing, like – being a multiple sport athlete, I think you have more of an advantage when it comes to athletic ability. Hey, Gage, uh, somebody uh, I spoke with today outside of, you know, the coaching realms or whatever said you were a great leader. How does that make you feel? Uh, it's, uh, it's good to know. I mean, people outside the people outside of sports and in the community, if they view me as a leader, that's just, that's just great to hear. And, and Gage, tell me a little bit about this. So you would go in uh, – from basketball practice straight to basketball, uh, or from football practice straight to basketball, youth clinics and uh, helping kids in, in that form or fashion. Uh, is maybe coaching not too far off in your distant future? Uh, I guess you could say that, but as of right now, I'm just trying to, <laughs> that is like, I'm just trying to uh, sort out like what I'm going to be doing after college is over and just trying to get my uh, academics in, in line and seeing what I'll be doing in college. Certainly uh, looking forward to seeing how things progress for you over, over the course of time. And I think all of us up here would agree, um, you know, stick with, stick with the sport that you love as long as you love it and continue to play it as long as you can because there will come a day you just can't do it anymore. 
<laughs> so enjoy Absolutely. it while you can. Absolutely. All right, Gage Hoffman, our standout athlete of the week from Tyler Consolidated High School. Gage, once again, congratulations, and thanks so much for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and uh, once again, we continue to be amazed at just uh, how well-spoken our standout athletes of the week are. Again, these are high school kids. Well, they're high school kids, and uh, really gets it. I mean, you know, giving back to the youth and the young people, uh, that impresses me. And then, as Joe mentioned, when you've got a positive uh, image uh, out in the community, that doesn't happen by chance. We know young people get a, uh, a bad rap at times, but uh, Gage Huffman, a prime example. And to see him wanting to give back and, and really uh, conscious of that. And I love the fact that he plays all sports. I mean, uh, right. I was right there with him. Uh, probably wasn't great at any of them, but enjoyed it. And uh, uh, it helps you across the board. I mean, when you look at coaches from the top Division One coach, Urban Meyer on down when he was at Ohio State, I mean, they were really vocal. Like 85, 90% of the athletes, they recruit are multi-sport. So I think sometimes people should step back. If you enjoy a sport, if you don't, so be it. But here's a kid that loves to play and uh, and loves to compete, and uh, I think it's awesome. Soak up every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, enjoy it because it does end it, it, at some point. It ends rather abruptly. Yes, it I does. think that's what's hard to explain to someone is one day you're in your routine that you've been in for almost you know 10-plus years, and then it ends. Yep. That's it. It's you like know, a roller coaster. You never know when an injury may occur or something well, in, in your too. career, your sporting career is over with. You know? yep. Injury, age, it all comes back to ghosts yes, yes. in some form <laughs> or fashion. Speaking of, uh, you know, our next guest, we'll, we'll get to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in a moment. Um, our next guest is sneaky good at tennis. Sneaky good. <laughs> sneaky good. Oh, you know what's so bad? When you go to Chapmanville and they do the national anthem, the flag is right beside of his tennis team's banner <laughs> on the wall. And you got to stand there and salute Everybody's got to look at him. Yeah. Salute him. So he Kills is, me. He is Chris Kidd, who for some reason called a game that didn't involve anybody from Logan County tonight. Chris, are you okay? Are, are you, were yeah, you taken against your will? And by the way, I was a junior Olympian tennis player. See? Whoa. Whoa. That's Whoa. What I'm I'll catch on the back tomorrow night. <laughs> My tennis team actually hates whenever I bring that up. <laughs> Chris, another one of those WMUL products, Joe. But uh, nonetheless, uh, oh, yeah. that's been an ongoing theme tonight. But Chris, tonight you had St. Joe and Charleston Catholic. Uh, yeah, we were up there with uh, video productions, and uh, you know that was uh, that was a really interesting game just going in because you had Charleston Catholic coming in at four and one, Huntington St. Joe after just that disastrous year last year. Uh, really, have got a lot of young talent. They're six and zero coming in. They're averaging over seventy two points per game, and Charleston Catholic just shut them down tonight. I mean, they, they did a tremendous job staying in front of uh, J- Jalen Motley, Caden uh, Warner, who's averaging almost twenty five points per game. Uh, he finished with 18, but really a lot of that came after the game was already decided. And I think St. Joe jumped out 7 to nothing, and you really felt like, oh, wow, they're, they're going to run them out of their own gym tonight. And quickly, Hunter Moles, the Charleston Catholic head coach, called timeout. And then after that, the game was over. I mean, they just absolutely shut down Huntington St. Joe from that point on. And 72-51 really wasn't indicative of how tight it was. Uh, you know, Aiden Satterfield 
had a tremendous game. You know, this 6'5 junior, he's going to be tremendous throughout the year. He finished with 24 points on the game. Uh, Zion Suddeth, I thought he did a tremendous job defensively on shutting down Warner. Uh, he ended up leaving in the third quarter with a pretty bad cut behind his ear, but he even added 11 points in that game. I mean, this is a Charleston Catholic team that, you know, no shock. They focus on defense. They focus on the fundamentals. And tonight, they just did everything according to plan. I mean, whether it was passing, uh, getting back on defense, flooding the defensive lane to where they couldn't get any drives in St. Joe, forcing them into bad shots, bad decisions. Uh, it was really a veteran team showing a younger team what needs to be done to get to that next level. And I thought that this was a pretty big statement win for Charleston Catholic because I think there's a lot of people that maybe saw how good the Huntington St. Joe have been out of the gate that thought they might be able to handle Charleston Catholic tonight. But uh, the, the Irish or Charleston Catholic Irish, uh, I think they showed that they are going to be a contender for that Class A title again this year. What what's next for you, Chris, on the uh, on the never ending schedule? <laughs> well, tomorrow I get to go to Man and do Man and Logan. I'll be back with WVOW tomorrow. Then Tuesday it's Chapmanville and Mingo Central. You know, we uh, with video productions we've done a little bit of everything. Last Saturday, or a couple Saturdays ago, I did two games at GW with video productions. Then came back down to Chapmanville and did uh, two games with WVOW and one more video productions. So uh, my voice is pretty well uh, intact still at this point. Was able to get through about three quarters. I had food poisoning last Saturday night <laughs> while I was on the air. Oh, and wow. Got through about the third quarter of it. And after the third quarter, Chapmanville was up by about, you know, 40 on Beth Haven. And I just looked at my partner. I said, you're bringing it home. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> you let J- Mr. Bush bring it home? Yeah, oh, I figured uh, at that point we would say. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I'll, I'll be there by your side tomorrow night. I'll hold your hand and, and, and get you through it. So, <laughs> Thankfully, I'm feeling a little better now. But you know what? If I need to, I know I'm in capable hands, so I've got to go. And it's going to be a good one tomorrow night. Logan at man and uh, the place will be packed. Are you already parked for that game? <laughs> yeah, you better go early and save us a seat. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that. I mean, man is a team that is uh, much improved this year. You know, they, they hadn't lost uh, all the way through the, the new year. And I mean, this is a man team that went over uh, just a couple of years ago. But TJ Blevins has done a nice job of building that program slowly, but surely and incrementally. I mean, they got a big win over Tug Valley. Uh, in that Hoops Phenom Classic. And, I mean, that's a Tuck Valley team that took Charleston Catholic right down to the wire and missed a three at the buzzer to tie it. Uh, so this is a man Hillbilly team that, you know, it's their last year in A. They say they want to go out with a bang. They're obviously in that nightmare region with uh, Chapmanville and Logan and so forth. But, you know, they feel like they can still uh, make a statement that, you know, they're not just the little brother of uh, those three right there. And I think they're going to come out and give everything uh, they possibly can against David Early and that team that, uh, you know, Logan, after I had that tough loss to Herbert Hoover to start the year, uh, they really turned it around. I mean, they played Beckley very tight, got a big win over George Washington, who was ranked number three in AAA coming into the year. I mean, uh, that's going to be a packed house. I've been, you know, we've been the man to do a lot of games over the year. I don't think I've seen a crowd like what we're going to see tomorrow night. So I think Joe and I are going to be there for a really interesting game and a really, really fun call. It's going to be a callback to those old 1960s and 70s games between the man. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't alive. (laughs) (laughs) Joe was. I was just a kid, man. Joe, Joe, tell me what it was like. We'll reminisce a little bit. He's, He's former junior Olympian tennis phenom. Chris Kidd, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Chris, and uh, enjoy, enjoy some good basketball over the next week.
Thank you, guys. You all do the same. All right. Again, Chris Kidd. I gave him the, the former Junior Olympian line there, and he just <laughs> he didn't, he, he, he didn't buy it. No. He's like, yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Very matter of fact, what it was. All right, let's have a side take a break. When we come back, talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll also hear from the producer of this program. Imagine that. Halfway he, around the world. He's doing the power ratings from a time zone away. We'll talk with Marcus Constantino. All that much more with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all of our affiliates out there carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State, including Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort K, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP, Wayne, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. The ticket, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. Light Rock, 93R WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The voice of the Coalfields. 101.9 FM and 1390 AM, WVOW and Logan, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, Classic Hits 106, WHFI Lenside, 106.7 FM, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, and 92.5 FM, WTHM. LP Ravenswood Ripley. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, and we'll tell you about more stations throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Go over to our affiliates page at basketballnight.com and you can find a radio station near you. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers at Hoops underscore Roundup, Jeannie Branch, Zachary Dingus, part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 1132 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we move right along through the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. We are now to the slowest 28 <laughs> or 27 minutes, 10 seconds in radio. <clears throat> Because the post game spread is, is here, we're, we're, we're going to smell the food. We're going to fight through wonderful. it, battle through it, yeah. stay focused. Yeah, I'm trying I, to give you a little pep talk. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm very hungry. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long day for a variety of Where's reasons. Where's the Gatorade? I mean, you know, you're usually. Oh. I should have known it was close by. So. It's not a sponsor, so okay. There, <laughs> it's about half. Powerade, Gatorade, yeah, know, uh, uh, a, a, a sports drink. There you go. Yes, and there's a I got a, a trunk full of it too. So, 
uh, a case. Right. You know how like New York, this people sell watches basically out of. Uh, I, I have a I have a trunk full of Gatorade. So various flavors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Variety is the spice of life. There, uh, even when it comes to Gatorade. All right. Resident referee Bo Anderson will join us right now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo is with us now. Bo, welcome back to the program. Hey, uh, glad to be back. You know, uh, uh, again, I was thinking, I mentioned it about a week or two ago, uh, being in the year of uh, 2020, uh, it uh, actually means I've worked in uh, five different decades of basketball, so I made it tonight. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there it is. Bo has now officiated basketball in five decades. Yeah, yeah, that you know, it's hard to believe. You know, I started back in, uh, you know, right when I graduated high school. I thought he was going to say in in kindergarten or something. (laughs) Well, I actually started when I was uh, going in the tenth grade. Actually, I did. I I worked three years uh, for my high school coach. I did youth league, and then I um, nineteen eighty three. I graduated in eighty three and eighty four. It was my first official year of officiating, so this is my 37th year, but it's involved in five different decades. So and didn't Coach like Marone used to guard you in high school, by the way? <laughs> he used to foul me on Well, you actually started refereeing while you were still playing, if I recall you correctly. You were calling fouls all night when I was shutting you down. Oh, man, I tell you, it was a, it was a flying McCullough coming here. <laughs> you know, Rick, I think what happened here is um, I think Bo got his inspiration to become a basketball official because he didn't want anybody else to, <laughs> to suffer through, through what he had to when you were guarding him. Well, when he used to tell me I'd get arrested in three states, it's called assault. I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was looking I was looking for some kind of police officer to come out of here. I'm telling you. All right, so, uh, Bo, anything, uh, anything catch your attention this week that was maybe, uh, again, not something that you would normally see in an average day-to-day game? Well, uh, I had uh, – so what I want to do tonight, I'm going to do two things, go through this uh, warning system because I, I know of uh, a game where the warning ended up being the second time a technical, and I don't think a lot of people uh, understand the warnings. The four warnings that a team gets, uh, one warning is uh, huddling in the lane during a free throw when the official is ready to bounce the ball to the shooter. Uh if you're going to do that, you got to do that before the official is ready. Uh, the second warning would be interfering with the ball as it comes through the basket, uh, you know, interfering with it, you know, knocking it away. Uh, the third warning is the plane warning where the uh, defender reaches through the plane uh, trying to guard the person taking the ball out of bounds. And the fourth warning is if they're – is water on the floor something that causes delay after a timeout's been called, and they have to clean that up, and you delay the game getting started back because of that. So those are four warnings, and any of those four warnings, if you're warned for any of those four, that means you're warned for all four for the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, I've I've heard a couple of different plays and a couple of different things where that's happened, and – that being the case, I thought that would be one that I would that I would discuss. Uh, 
So it's a team technical after the first warning. So you'll get warning. Uh, it should be put in the book. It's a warning for delay for whatever it was, and the head coach should be told that. And then after that, any further delays, any of the four will be a will be a technical foul for a team technical for delay a game. Bo, I'll tell you something uh, I think we covered. Uh, it's been in the past, though, that I think would be of interest. I had it come up uh, last week. Uh, when the ball is either uh, out, of, out of bounds or there's a stoppage in play because of a foul or whatnot, what determines where the ball's put back into play? Sometimes it's put in on the baseline. Sometimes it's a sideline throw-in. Uh, I don't think fans are really familiar with the location-type things that determine where the throw-in comes from, if you could share briefly on that with people. Sure, okay. And, and you got to kind of think about this a little bit. Almost everything, and I say almost, everything inside the three-point line and everything inside the, the uh, semicircle and the foul line lane goes to the end line. Everything else goes to the sideline. And there's one little, and, and I would have to show you, there's a little shaded area on the wings, a very small area, inside the three-point line that the ball is supposed to go on the sideline. But anything inside the lane, anything inside the free-throw line and the semicircle goes to the end line. And anything inside the three-point line except for a little shaded area, very small, goes to the end line. And then everything else goes to the sideline. It's always spot closest to the foul or the violation unless the only time where it's automatic takeout on the side opposite the midcourt stripe is if you have a tactical foul, and then that's all automatically put over there. And the only other time it's automatically put over there is to start the second, third, and fourth quarter. Um, everything else is spot closest to foul, spot closest to violation. That's where you, you put the ball in play. And, yeah, a lot of people don't understand how we, we do that or determine that. And, you know, our uh, officials manual, uh, which is a manual that, you know, not even coaches get, shows our designated spot areas about where we're supposed to put it in play when it's uh, put back in play after a violation or a foul or timeout. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, Bo, our resident referee, we're a little bit tight on time tonight. We greatly appreciate you hanging in there with us. and. Now, that does make a lot of sense. There's, that's a very technical thing, but as you mentioned, there, uh, technical is probably the wrong word. That's a very uh, uh, you know exhaustive thing to talk about because you see it in every game. Yeah, it happens but, all the time. Yeah, but coaches, a lot of times when, it, when the, the play stops, you want to know where the ball's inbound. That's why it was even on my mind. I had some other people asking, well, how do they determine it? Bo right. did a great job. They would appreciate him clearing that up. Thanks so much, Bo. You're welcome. Anytime, guys. I guess I'll be talking to you next Friday. Alright, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, Marcus Costantino will have our power ratings. I'll tell you where you can find them. Also, we will talk with Rick Kozlowski because it's almost cause time. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And we want to thank the rest of our radio affiliates around the Mountain State, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZSA 
Madison, Danville, Charleston. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC and Spencer. 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Nate 105 KQV, WKQV, Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX and Wheeling, and 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY in Moundsville, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, and Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. And, of course, cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. And, of course, go to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can watch the show on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. Hey, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia is everywhere. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, including Jeffrey Tucker, Devin, Stacy Goins, Visid, Anthony, McLee, Zachary Dingus, and Janine Branch. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.43 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll get our poll question in just a moment. But uh, first, you know, bless his heart, Marcus Constantino does not stop working. He's in St. Louis and while he was there and listening to the program, he put together our power rate. And he probably did this while he went up in the arch. And then, the and shadow then he, of the golden arch. And yeah. then he accidentally hung up right before we were getting ready to take him on. And now he's back. Marcus Constantino, our producer, joins us now from St. Louis. Marcus, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, Ryan. Good to be here. Good to talk with you guys tonight. And don't hang up so fast next time, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have crunched the numbers. You're ready to unveil our first power ratings. That's right, Ryan. And I'll start with the girlsbasketballnight.com power ratings in AAA. Cabell Midland is at the top uh, with a record of 8-0. Uh, the Knights are number one. Greenbrier East coming in at a close Second, uh, the Lady Spartans are nine and one. Huntington Highlanders coming at number three with a six and one record. The Parkersburg Big Reds are at number four. Their record is three and two. And rounding up the girls Triple A top five is Willing Park. Moving on to girls Double A, the Frankfurt Fountain Falcons are seven and one at number one. North Marion uh, coming in at a close number two, followed by the Winfield Lady Generals. Um, six and one at number three. Uh, the Wayne Lady Pioneers are six and zero oh at number four, and the Chapmanville Lady Tigers are five and two at number five. The girls single A basketballnight.com power ratings: the St. Joseph Central Lady Irish are eleven and zero oh at number one. Parkersburg Catholic is a close number two. The Madonna Blue Dons are six and zero oh at number three. Summers County is six and two at number four, and the Gilmer County Lady Titans are 8-1 and one at number 5. Moving on to the boys, basketballnight.com 
power ratings. The first basketballnight.com power ratings, the University Hawks are 8 and 2 coming in at number 1, uh, followed by Cabell Midland 6 and 0 coming in at number 2, the Morgantown Mohegans are number 3, St. Albans Red Dragons number 4, the Princeton Tigers coming in at number 5. In the boys AA power ratings, Westside Renegades are 4 and 2 on the year. Get this, they move up 28 spots from their last uh, power rating from last season into the number one spot. The Chapmanville's Tigers are a close number two at six and one. Bridgeport Indians are five and one at number three. Shady Springs seven and zero oh at number four, and the North Marion Huskies are five and zero oh at number five. Finally, the boys single A basketball night dot com power ratings. The Wheeling Central Catholic Maroon Knights are six and one at number one. Williamstown coming in at number two, followed by Clay Battelle, Greenbrier West and Pendleton County to round out the top five. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings. You can check them out right now at BasketballNight.com. Marcus, real fast, we don't have long, but um, I know that it will raise some eyebrows that Westside is number one and Chapmanville is number two in our power ratings in boys class AA right now. And, and knowing the success that Chapmanville has had and the caliber of team they have again this year, ex- can you briefly explain the methodology and the ratings? So the ratings are basically, they take into account all games between WVSSAC teams. So uh, any games that are with out-of-state teams or, or even, you know, in-state but non-SSAC, uh, those aren't accounted into the power ratings. And also, uh, teams have to have at least two games with other SSAC teams uh, to be included in the power ratings. And, of course, you know, they don't look into the future. They're just rating based on what has already happened. So as, you know, as more teams play more games, um, you know, obviously you get uh, you get rewarded for playing the harder games and uh, uh, you get dinged if you have an easy schedule. But as more games uh, are going on throughout the state, uh, throughout the year, uh, we'll start to see, uh, you know, some changes in those. And, of course, you know, we have bigger changes earlier in the season and then it kind of uh, – uh, you know, evens out uh, towards the end. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all unfolds throughout the season. You know, Chapmanville has played a very brutal schedule, but it's been out-of-state teams and uh, some prep teams as well. So It's just hard when, to compare them right. in. Like, we know right. they're good, but statistically it's hard yeah. to mesh that in with the other data at this point. As Marcus says, this tends to all work itself out. Oh, yeah. oh, That's right. The, the same thing good. for university. You know, they took two tough losses uh, at the Beach Ball Classic uh, to two very good teams. And, uh, you know, even though uh, the, you, you may look at the record and you may say, oh, you know, they shouldn't be at the top. You know, we, me and you know, uh, they have played some very good competition. Of course, uh, a big win over Morgantown tonight. Yes, you and I are certainly aware of that. And, uh, Marcus, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to put that together. And we know you're busy. Enjoy uh, the rest yeah, of your trip. Enjoy <laughs> some time, buddy. Take some time to enjoy it. Cause, uh, I mean, oh, I'm getting nice ready city. to go into Cheesecake Factory right now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go and get in here. All right. <laughs> we won't tell you what's Guess here. Guess what? I think our meal's still going to be better. That's Marcus. <laughs> Thanks so much, Marcus. And um, we'll get to Kozlowski of Cause Time, Rick Kozlowski, in just a moment. Cause Time is still coming. But first... It is time for our poll question, and we turn it over to our correspondent, Wesley Steele. Hello, I'm Landon Mitchell. Hold on, man. <laughs> Hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Technical. Time out, time out. Wesley Steele did the standout athlete of the week package, and that's why I got the wrong name. 
Landon, accept my apology. I'm struggling over here right now. <laughs> it's okay. We're all struggling. Last week's poll question was, do you think high school basketball should be played in four quarters or two halves? 82% of you said four quarters, while 18% of you said two halves. This week's poll question is, should all sectional games be played at neutral site or at higher seating? Go to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. I'm so sorry about that. Landon Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. You go to the back of the line. Right. (laughs) Well, I don't get to lead the way to the food line today because I've I've had a poor performance here at the desk tonight. But you've got an opportunity to redeem yourself. I do. And the man that can redeem yourself is on his way. We have eight minutes and 50 seconds for cause time. Joining us now on BasketballFridayNight.com from the Martinsburg Journal and fresh off a vacation, what's that, never heard of it, is Rick Kozlowski, and here we go. Rick, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Why did I know that that song was going to be playing tonight? <laughs> you know, here's what I like about the way this program works sometimes. We can see how long people have been on hold, or at least how long that they've been on the line with us. Rick Kozlowski has been on the line for us for 17 minutes, but he was in the screening room for a good, like, 13 of that. It's good that uh, well, Allie, well, our call screener, is back, and she does a fantastic job. We greatly appreciate it. But I know, she, like the rest of us, she just wanted to catch up with Rick, see how he's doing. <laughs> well, I wanted to catch up with her. You know, honestly, I, I hadn't heard her voice at all this season, and I was worried that something had gone wrong. And so I was uh, absolutely delighted to hear her voice, and, and we were just, you know, catching up a little bit. Now you're up to date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's what again. I, I, this 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 program has made us all like a big family, and you know we stretch from one edge of the state to the other, and all points in between. Rick, you were on vacation last week. You're back to work this week, right? You you you've just worked a week. Is that right? Well, yesterday <laughs> and today I've been back to work. Oh, uh, okay. So starting off 2020, right? I got gotcha. you. So uh, what? Yeah. So, yeah. What have you come across here the past couple of days, basketball-wise? Basically nothing. <laughs> uh, so you thanks, are. Rick. I mean, well, <laughs> okay, so here we'll, 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 we'll talk about a couple of items here. Uh, I got to see Martinsburg and Hedgesville play a girls' basketball game yesterday. Martinsburg doubled up, won the game fairly easily, and and until somebody comes along and beats the Bulldogs, you know, you still have to consider them the team to beat. However, uh, also last night, Spring Mills and Musman played. Musman's on a bit of a roll. And they had a competitive, close game. Spring Mills jumped out to a big, big lead. And Musman came back and won by three. And Spring Mills gets to play again tomorrow. And what's very notable about that, Jada Brooks... Muscleman, I'm sorry, Spring Mill Sr., is likely to hit the 1,000th career point mark tomorrow. At least that's the word. I don't know exactly how far away she is. I just know she is close. It's obviously a, a big milestone for any athlete. Uh, you know, 1,000 points is uh, 
not easy to do. I mean, it's, that's, that's four years of 10 points per game, basically. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, it, it is a great accomplishment. And uh, a lot of times as a freshman and sophomore, you know, kids don't get the great opportunity, but it's about consistency. And I think uh, a great milestone uh, uh, for that young lady. And uh, uh, hopefully it'll uh, be something that she can always remember and her team can. All right, Rick. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, she's, yes. A, she's, a, she's a great young lady, uh, you know, has had uh, some – Difficulties to overcome in her life, and certainly is overcoming them. And you know, and she, she's really looking forward to going to college. I don't know that she's going to be playing basketball after this year, so she's really, really, you know, kind of integrating herself into being a leader on that team and trying to push Spring Mills, you know, back to the state tournament after missing it last year. Certainly, looking forward to seeing how that all plays out as well. So, so Rick, now to the important questions first. We asked you this this uh, last week, but we didn't really get to go in-depth on it. How was Christmas? Christmas was uh, on December 25th, as you well know. Yes, it was. Yes, uh, <laughs> almost two whole weeks ago now. <laughs> hey, it was good. And I hope you guys had a good Christmas as well. I hope you had a great New Year's. Yes, uh, well, I mean... You know, not, not, it's only not, a couple of days old, but, you know, hey. Right. Yeah. Okay, so i got to tell <laughs> a quick story about just a friend of mine here real fast. Uh, this right. person's name is not important whatsoever. But a friend of mine was like, okay, for New Year, the resolution was one month of a vegan diet. I don't know why, but that was what the resolution was. At 9.30 on day two, said person's comment, oh, I think I can do this. Like you know, it's you've barely got through like one day, right? You're, only, you're trying to do thirty here. <clears throat> Today, said person was miserable. <laughs> that didn't take long at all. So uh, you know, we just like to have some fun with that too. Yeah, but, I quit resolutions a long time ago. Yeah, and, and you know, not to be too serious about things, but it, it has been a bit of a rough few days here in Huntington, where this show emanates from. Uh, of course, just uh, about. Four, five blocks down the street from where we are, there was a mass shooting on New Year's morning. Seven people were shot um, at a bar, and um, you know, no one killed, no arrests made yet. Suspect from Detroit. Um, just a situation that is uh, kind of, kind of dampened and, and it kind of tempered the uh, the whole festive mood of New Year's here in this area. But uh, you know, it, it's one of the situations. Too. I work in news. And, and I'll, I'll get Rick into this in just a moment again. But uh, I work in news, so you know I was at work when this happened. So we're trying to get all of our information together, get it out. You're doing it with a you know a skeleton crew basically because it's a holiday, and you're doing that at the same time that uh, your parent company has put some new channels and made everyone rescan their TVs. So people have to call who are getting it on antenna to be able to figure out how to rescan their TV. So all this is happening at the same time. And I just remember going, wow, 2020 is off to a rough start. And then I thought, you know what? I'm still here. 2020 is not bad. We'll just get right. through and do what we have to do. And, Rick, I know sometimes with sports, you end up in the news side of things as well. We talked about that Martinsburg bus crash a year ago and how, uh, how that kind of uh, you know, ground the, the celebratory time of year down just a little bit. And thankfully, everyone okay and uh, you know, sometimes Rick, real life gets in the way, but sports is still an excellent way to just kind of enjoy, relax, and I hope people that get out and go to games can, uh, you know, do that for a few hours at least uh, once or twice a week. 
Yeah, uh, you know, and obviously we have other things going on in the world today. Yeah. Sports uh, kind of gives us that escape, gives us that chance to, for maybe a couple of hours a day, just to kind of hone in and look at and, and enjoy and enjoy what the kids are doing. Yeah. They don't stay and, kids very long. And if I, if, if, I add one, if I may add one more thing. Sure. To your vegan friend, <laughs> you, you can nickname that person, provided they keep up with this, Carrot Top. <laughs> I'll see if that works. I'm not sure that that will fly too well. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless... Um, Hey, Rick, always a pleasure to talk to you, and I know it's been kind of a quiet week for you, just getting back to work, and uh, next week's back to full go. For people who don't know, sports riders have such small windows for breaks. You have a little bit of one in summer and a little bit of one right around the new year, and that's about it. So, Rick, I know you've got your vacation in for uh, the next six months, roughly. <laughs> and uh, uh, Well, actually, though, I will be taking another vacation later this month, believe it or not. Wow. Um, you know, otherwise, otherwise I'll probably get creamed because it will be my, my, my wife and I's 35th anniversary, so we have to ooh, do something. Oh, congratulations. You know, I do remember we were, we were around here for 30, and now yes, we're to we 35. <laughs> this show continues to just, continue, just, just keep on going. Hey, Rick, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, and uh, happy to have you with us on the first show of the new year. Hey, you guys have a great weekend. Absolutely. That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Sometimes we kind of wander around with him there a little bit, but he's always so great to talk to. Absolutely. You, you can throw anything at him, and it's just fine. Real, real quick, thanks to Marcus Constantino, Mike Stanley, Kyle Powers, Wesley Steele, and Landon Mitchell for all their help on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Fred, too. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.